Once upon a time, there lived three small wooden boys who wanted nothing more than to be real. Have you ever seen a wooden boy like we? And will we have a conscience after all thy see? Let's dream an itty-bitty wish of all what things might itty-bitty be. Just join us and you'll see. Hello, Who's we're the real there? boys. We're the Who? real boys. Who? We're the real boys. Can we come in, please? Oh, I've been expecting you. You do that um, podcasting. Uh. Is that right? <laughs> uh. I don't like this guy. You're here to record a podcast. Do you, do you know in. what? Do you know what, Luke? Let's just turn around and go home. I don't yeah, want to I'm go. leaving. I'm <laughs> sweets. <laughs> come in, kids. I've been expecting all right, you. All right. All right. We'll come in. Oh, if you, if if I must. Hello and welcome to Real Boys, a Pinocchio podcast, where for some reason us three real boys are going to watch every Pinocchio film ever made, ever, over the next, what, 12 years or something like that? Yeah. My name's Luke Terry and I'm joined by another real boy called Luke Thomas. Hello. And another real boy called Joe Tyrone. Howdy. And this week we're here to discuss Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio 2022, the Netflix original. How are you boys? I'm feeling yeah, good. I'm all right, yeah. I think this is the, the first... Maybe not the first. I think this one could have either gone one way or another. So we've had two, which we've... How many have we made real boys now? And how many have we made donkeys? We've got two real boys, I think, and one donkey, right? So this could have gone... This could have gone either one way or another. So coming out of this one, I'm feeling feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm excited to talk Mm. about this one. Luke, how about you? Yeah, honestly, though, I think this is the longest it's been between actually watching something and recording, I think, ever. Really? So I'm just, yeah, I think so because usually I watch it the morning of or like. Yeah, you're quite last before. minute usually, aren't you? Yeah, I'm usually just rushing about, like trying to trying to watch it just before we start recording. This one I watched quite a while ago, so but yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Did you yeah. watch it before New Year? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was me trying because I was doing my like best films of 2022, and I wanted to watch this one before because mm. I didn't want to be known as the real boy who hadn't seen. <laughs> the best Pinocchio film of the year. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, I'm excited to hear where you ranked that as well in your yeah, films yeah. of the year. Um, but we'll leave that for later on because that is an absolute spoiler. <laughs> Should we step into the workshop and talk a little bit about how this film was made? I Let's would love to. All right, come through here. Look. Just ignore that old man. I know he sounded weird. Let's just not look at him. Don't make eye contact. We're just using his building. Uh, podcast. Uh, why is the workshop wet? <laughs> why is everything so wet? Not uh. again. This is not safe. All the wood is going to just mould. I'm just coming in to get my tissues. Now go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God. Can you leave, mate? Okay. This is the most sodden room I've ever been in. <laughs> just damp. It's fine. It's probably just resin. <laughs> From the, I feel like from it's the puppets a, he's making. I think it's like a sauna. <laughs> it's really, really hot. It's hot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some clothing off. And yeah. there's all these men in towels in here as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's talk a bit about the making of this film. I watched the like behind the scenes documentary because I'm kind of like, mm. I'm a big fan of stop motion. I love it. Love like Nightmare Before Christmas, all the studio Leica stuff and whatever. How, how are you guys with stop motion? 
Yeah, I I love it. Like I love Wallace and Gromit, and obviously yeah. got raised on Ardman stuff. Um, and yeah, it's like the one who did uh, Kubo and the Two Strings and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, I always really liked that. Who did Paranorman? That's Leica as well. Same same yeah. company. I think all of their films yes. are like that, aren't they? Yeah, they're all like kind of weird and kind of got a weird look to them. And yeah, but yeah, I love stop motion stuff, and I think the amount of effort that goes into it is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah I it like always it. makes it feel a bit more special, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. I, I don't think I've seen. I, I have. I, I appreciate stop motion, and I really enjoy it. But I don't think I've. I'm, I'm trying to think of what recent ones I've seen that other than this, obviously. Like as a kid, I obviously watched like Chicken Run and what is Chicken Run stop mm-hmm. motion? Wallace yeah. and Gromit. I haven't actually seen Nightmare Before Christmas, and and I'm slacking what? there. I know. What? Really? I know. Yeah, I actually haven't. Jesus, you need to change that asap it's a great film i mean it's a bit late now wait till yeah. even halloween, halloween or christmas well i don't know I'm, I'm a bit exclusive to pinocchio films now so I don't, I don't watch much else now you've got time you've got time it's a great film but yeah i think i think because of how long it takes for them to make these films that's probably why you're not seeing as many anymore right it's the same with hand-drawn animation it just takes too long this one i found out in the documentary that they've actually they were developing it for 15 years which oh my is my god I mean, Blimey. insane, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's weird because Guillermo del Toro released Nightmare Alley as well, like about a year ago. I think yeah. that was in like award season last year. So, well, 2022. So the same year as this film coming out, which is pretty insane to do both of those back to back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is this his first animation? Yes, I believe so. I think he's dipped into doing like practical stuff and whatever before. Like obviously he did Pan's Labyrinth. That's got a lot of mm. those sort of, mm. I think some of the creatures in that are sort of, animated aren't they yeah mm. uh i don't know though he's he's executive produced some stuff called troll hunters which is on netflix which looks a bit like a bit like how to train your dragon similar mm. animation style he was a executive producer on one of the kung fu panda films <laughs> which one oh, i love them he's he's worked in actually quite a lot of animation but more in like consultant kind of roles it looks like yeah, yeah from what i can see but I think just solely direct, and I think this is his first, as far as I can tell. I might be wrong about that, but there's no other Pinocchio podcast, so you've got to take what we give you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of notes about the making of here, but I'll, I won't go into them too much because I'd recommend just watching that documentary because it it's really good. They do loads of really good things in it as well that are like time lapses of the animators working on the on the models so like you mm. can see the people like moving them as it goes along and it's wow. pretty crazy it shows you how like how much detail went into it but so um, is everything is everything in this film a physical model pretty much yeah i think some of the backdrops are green screen sort of things yeah. or blue screen but i think a lot of that is just they use a lot of green screen to like edit out the like strings and stuff that are holding mm. things together and whatever <laughs> yeah yeah, but, um, it's crazy because yeah. in my notes, I, I've said so many times, like, I think going through it, I was just flabbergasted by by the animation. So I kept saying mm. the animation, but I feel like that's now the wrong terminology because it is physical models that are actually, I know there's mm. animation that goes into it as well, but is it really impressive that a lot of this was, like you say, like hand models that are actually physically moved frame by frame? Yeah, well, animation just means movement, doesn't it? So like, mm. yeah, just because it's not cartoon doesn't, it is still animation, but um, he's very like into all that sort of stuff. He's quite gatekeepery about like stop motion. He's, there's a big quote in it that he's saying that animation's like a form, it's not a genre, which I think right. is pretty good because like quite often people do sort of always say 
if a film's cartoon, it's a kids' film, don't they? Yeah, and I think I think there's a huge trap at the moment of a lot of um, studios, particularly Netflix, who are presenting this of just like yeah. dumping on animation or like not focusing mm. anything. Like, there's been so many films that have come out this year which just no one's seen just because they've just been dumped unceremoniously onto Netflix, like My Father's yeah. Dragon and that pirate Sea Beast one. Which, oh yeah, like, was no... good? I, I didn't watch that. No, I liked it. It was really good. It was like and... How to Train Your Dragon and Pirates of the Caribbean, but no one saw it because Netflix just don't market it, and it mm. is quite yeah. sad. Yeah, they're bad with that, aren't they? But yeah, he basically, I think he used quite a lot of his like horror influence on this. He's he compares um, Frankenstein to Pinocchio, like Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> which I think you can kind of see because that scene when they bring him to life it is quite scary. He's like it crawling is. around and there's and, like and lightning was... going off and stuff. Yeah. And and what was cool was they made that like a lot of the other Pinocchio films we've watched so far, like the that the, we've always said that that moment where Pinocchio comes to life is always put across in this horror kind of way. And usually mm. they do it by showing the puppet in a half like made state, so it looks like gross or it looks scary, yeah, and or unsettling. But in this, like you didn't even see the puppet, like and it's all done by silhouettes and shadows mm -hmm. and like you say like frankenstein's monster there's there's lightning and it really just adds to like the whole atmosphere of this entire scene yeah it's a really good scene um just some details about the puppets because i know we like all this sort of stuff <laughs> pinocchio he was 3d printed his whole body his oh. face i think he had a bunch of like replacement faces i think there was like 30 of them or something like that they said mm. yeah They've done this effect where like the wood grain on his design doesn't move, but like his mouth does. So every movement yeah. makes it look like his head's been like carved rather than his head's actually moving. Whereas the rest yeah. of the puppets are all, they've all got like mechanical faces and basically like a plasticine skin on them. No, I was going to say, yeah, what material is this? Like 3D printed, but what of? I what don't know, he... I guess plastic, I suppose, isn't it? It's weird. Mm. What was you going to say, I, Joe? I, I was going to say that the everyone who wasn't a puppet in this i.e everyone that wasn't pinocchio they did have that more wallace and gromity like play-doh yeah. or plasticine kind of look to them so mm -hmm. yeah they look just a lot more kind of real i guess don't they <laughs> it's a really good uh, way of like separating him from them i suppose got a quote here that he says if you animate something ordinary you might achieve the extraordinary oh Quite, isn't, quite that, nice. isn't that nice? Um, I saw at the start of this that Jim Henson Company was involved in this. Are they I like, think just how? anything to do with puppets, they're <laughs> they're just involved, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they didn't they didn't mention that in this documentary, yeah. but I saw that as well. Yeah, the way they animate it is just it is just interesting. I suppose they probably funded some of it, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Um maybe. He mentioned it was a co-production between like Mexican animators, American ones, and English ones, I think. I'm sure he said that like the Mexican animation team did the cricket so sebastian j cricket whatever he's called and they said that he has to use his whole body to act like an expressive face and in close-ups of the cricket this is really good they used a giant pinocchio so like it actually was just a massive oh like an actual oh like a yeah. massive head <laughs> the cricket would be like the size of your hand maybe and then the actual pinocchio was like bigger than man size yeah. Guillermo del Toro stood next to it and like the head's like nearly as big as his body it's oh, insane really? oh yeah. my god I'd love to go to the, like the workshop of this yeah they did a big thing in the Museum of Modern Art in New York where it's like a big exhibition of everything from this and you just go and like 
go around it, look at all the stuff and whatever, I'd I probably wouldn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> Just try and crawl inside this giant puppet's chest. <laughs> I'll try and wear the giant puppet as a helmet. <laughs> You'd have to take something, wouldn't you? Just put something in your pocket. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I really want the puppet out of this. I want to buy it so I can uh, add it to my menagerie. Like I say, I, I ended up buying the Funko Pop of it because I, I and I hadn't even finished the film. I was just like, the design of this these characters is just so cool. Hmm. And yeah, there and then I was on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing I knew, it was pre-ordered. It is, it is a beautiful look. The animators always like, they were always filming themselves acting out every scene so they could see like the normal movements of like when people speak and stuff. So they hmm. wanted to keep it as like real as possible. That's what he meant when he was saying about animating the ordinary. Hmm. Um, yeah. One more bit that was good was that they'd built Magna Fuco, or Fucho, however you say it, which was like, I think he was the villain in the 1911 one that we watched. That was like another name for the circus guy. Mm. It was like Captain something and Magna Fucho. I guess that must be the name in the book. They made him, like, they made the puppet of him. He was going to be the main villain. And then one day Guillermo del Toro just decided he didn't like it. So then they changed it to the Volpe, which is like basically the villain in this is essentially the fox. Yeah, I know like his design and stuff. And Volpe yeah. is fox in Italian, apparently. But they kept the puppet in, and he's just like now a background character. The one that was going to be the main villain is still he still appears in it, like at the circus. But could <laughs> that's be really sad. <laughs> yeah, he's been properly demoted. <laughs> he What's had a cool look though. He was like a big, huge pirate. He was. It was like kind of your stromboli from the disney version like mm. that sort of design mm. i guess he probably just wanted it to be quite separate from that which yeah. I, I guess makes sense there's one shot in this film that took three months for them to make which one I, th- I think it's one where the monkey like goes around the circus and he's sort of like doing like parkour and like climbing on ropes and stuff it's like a mm. big tracking shot of him going yeah. around and you see all the, like the little details and stuff oh my god yeah, they just wanted like all the camera movements to like match live action camera. It's it's a beautiful looking film. And lastly, Kate Blanchett asked for a part when she was in Nightmare Alley with Guillermo mm. del Toro, and the only role that was left was the monkey. She said she would play a pencil for him. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's really nice. I didn't even She's know she was the just monkey. Doing the monkey sound, yeah. <laughs> the monkey speaks, doesn't it? Yeah, but it speaks, and it's got. I think she does the female voice that he does, but also he does two male voices he's called Spazza, yeah. spazzatura and apparently that yeah. means trash oh <laughs> i think that's enough I'm... making of though i feel i feel like i'd recommend just going and watching that yeah, i think it's I'm... about 40 minutes the documentary and it's unreal really good yeah i might watch it after this actually i've been i was just putting it off because you were wanted to do your spiel and... yeah but i do well, want to now people can come now. here they feel like they've learned something you know? <laughs> exactly. more than you saying you couldn't read the uh book someone had written about pinocchio 1911 and joe getting the date wrong of when pinocchio 3000 came out <laughs> right <laughs> i couldn't read it because it was it was in a university and in... Where was it? In Bologna. <laughs> I can't go there. I thought I just you got... just lost your glasses. <laughs> I just got the date wrong because I was a fool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I watched a Netflix thing and it's, now I'm a genius. It's a lot Shut easier up, when man. the film came out this year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You go to Bologna. You find this text. You know what? You go, I just you might. go to the year 3000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do both of those things. I'm going to go to Bologna in the year 3000. <laughs> See you there, guys. <laughs> is there anything anyone else wants to say about this? I mean, should we look at the cast? So the cast is... Who's the little boy? I don't even know. 
He's called Gregory Mann. So there's Gregory he's Mann a playing a boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, just very British, isn't he? He's very, yeah. very British. I thought it could get annoying, his voice, but it was actually quite cute all the way through, I thought. Mm, I thought mm. so. I thought he, he did great on me sometimes, this little boy. But that's kind I of the wanna... point of Pinocchio, though, as well, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I can't really criticise too much. We've got Ewan McGregor as Sebastian J. Cricket, who's our... Uh, Standing for what's his face? Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, and that's what the J stands for. I think it stands for Jiminy. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I think it is spelt with a J. I I wrote in my pad somewhere at some point. I put Sebastian J Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> He's good in this. Yeah, he, was he is good. very good. I really like yeah. the choice to let actors just have their own accents as well. I know it kind of. Yeah, definitely. We like mm. to rate. Geppetto on his uh, Italian this, but in this it's just David Bradley just doing his usual old English man voice. accent. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I think it kind of works. I liked there being a Scottish cricket just running around, and it was good. He felt knowledgeable. I think the Scot the Scottish accent makes you just sound so knowledgeable, doesn't it? Yeah, he sounds like he's lived a life. Yeah, so David Bradley plays Geppetto as I mentioned there. That's mostly known as like Walder Frey out of Game of Thrones or Filch from Harry Potter. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a very good Geppetto. He's, I mean, we'll go into it more later, but he's very sad. <laughs> he gets he gets that <laughs> spot on. Gregory Mann also voices Carlo, worth mentioning. The son at yeah. the start. Geppetto's son, named after Carlo Colidi, the writer of Pinocchio. Nice touch. Wow. wow. Very Lovely. nice touch. Burn Gorman plays a priest. <laughs> yeah, he's the Ron guy Coleman. from Torchwood, right? Yes. Who was Ron Perlman in this? Was he Podesta? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, because I, I, I hadn't looked up the cast. I was just you know, getting lost in everyone's voices because I feel like the voice acting in this is so good. It's a very uh, good cast, isn't it? I, yeah. I thought he was, um, I thought it was Josh Brolin for a second when I first heard his voice, but yeah, it's, it's Hellboy. John Turturro's in it as Dottore. I can't remember who that character is, to be honest. Me neither. The Doctor? Uh, I'm not sure. Finn Wolfhard Waltz. from Stranger Things, Candlewick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Tilda Swinson. As the Blue Fairy kind of role. Yeah. And, and and the Grim Reaper. And uh, Shakes the Clown Zone, Tom Kenny as Benito Mussolini. Yes, we've got SpongeBob himself voicing <laughs> uh, oh. one of the founders of fascism. <laughs> Which is yeah, it's so confusing. That's a big choice in this. That's the biggest difference, isn't it? That it's set in like World on the War. edge of World War Two, basically, or or actually just in World War Two, I think. I can't yeah. remember the specific date, yeah. but yeah, what a mad backdrop for a Pinocchio film, right? Yeah, it made it a little bit more depressing and scary, I think, mm, yeah. than the usual yeah. like whimsical eighteen hundreds Italian town set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that like that general sad tone just like bleeds into everything in this. Mm. But I think it makes those the moments that aren't so bleak. Like it makes them like you're suddenly lifted, aren't you? That's how, mm-hmm. how I felt watching it. Is that like mm-hmm. the whole thing has this sense of you know it's sad, you know you've got this grieving Geppetto. And, you know, that, that Pinocchio sort of being compared to, or he compares himself to Jesus at one point. And he's like, you know, why does everyone like that wooden boy and not me? And I was like, oh my God, this is so We've deep. We've all felt like that, haven't we? I know, I know. But I mean, like, <laughs> but, uh, amongst all of that, in those moments where it shines a bit of light, you kind of, you get lifted with it. And it's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. It all worked really well, I think. Right. Yeah, I agree. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. And if you can hear that. A little bit. The horses have arrived. Should we get over to um, the little, is it a, a fascist youth camp? Should we go over to there for a little Yeah, let's bit? get to the fascist Island? youth camp. Let's do Lovely. it. Lovely. Um, be careful of the shells. <laughs> the bombs. <laughs> <Rice> and donkeys. <laughs> the 
<laughs> right, we've arrived. We're going to play with some guns and whatever later, but before that, should we just enjoy the ride of being here? Yeah, definitely. Oh, Let's enjoy the... It smells like freedom, doesn't it? It smells like fire. <laughs> a lot. A lot of like fire. sadness. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the film then before we uh, go and do a shooting exercise across the child's version of No Man's Land. Luke, what did you think of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Yeah, I really, really liked it. I thought it was really good. It was, I think, like we've mentioned just now, it is very sad and it's very kind of bleak and depressing, but also quite joyous as well. It's the darkest one of these that I've ever seen out of the, what, five or six Pinocchio films <laughs> I've seen now <laughs> in real life and in this podcast. But it's got this very sad tone, which I think a lot of Del Toro's films do anyway, like uh, Pan's Labyrinth and stuff like that. I would maybe say that I didn't completely love it. I, I really, really, really liked it, though. I wouldn't say it's like the best film I've ever seen. I think there were some things that let me down a little bit, but I'm not quite sure what. Like, I think Pinocchio as a character is kind of inherently a bit unlikable at times, and I found mm. this boy a little bit grating. I think there was a lack of the kind of sweetness to kind of get you back in, but I think that was also one of the film's strengths. But other than that, I think that, it looked amazing. The voice acting was amazing. The story was amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing, really. What about you, Joe? You can go first. Yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed this. I I I think coming coming out of what was the last one we did, nineteen eleven. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that was cool. I I enjoyed that, and and I think the two films we watched prior to that, they really didn't put Pinocchio in good stead with me. Nineteen Eleven kind of brought like you know things back in the right direction. So like I said at the start, this could have gone either way. I, I was so pleasantly surprised by this film because I thought I think subconsciously I had kind of low expectations. I know it's Guillermo del Toro though, but I hadn't watched any trailers really or anything. But mm. first thing I noticed, animation was great, of course. And then suddenly, like the songs came in, I was like, wow, "Wow, this is a musical as well." And it kind of, for me, it ticked a lot of boxes, like just as it went along. And I didn't realize that we were going to get, you know, I was going to get this much out of this film. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same, really. I think I think I probably would say this is like as close to a perfect Pinocchio film as you could probably get. I can't mm. imagine anyone else yeah. doing it better than this. Really, the only criticisms i would have is that maybe it's just ever so slightly a bit long i think it could do with maybe yeah. losing five or ten minutes and not all of the songs hit for me really or well, only one or two are actually that memorable i would say but also i think in a nice way they don't really overstay their welcome a lot of them mm. are just kind of like a verse or a chorus and whatever and then they're kind of done but you could kind of do without them i kind of, i liked there's like a joke where like Sebastian Cricket's about to start a song and then like he just gets whacked by a door and I kind of yeah. hope I love that, that would have happened a few more times with the songs but like <laughs> they're not bad songs by any means it's just like I wouldn't go out and download the album straight after this or whatever yeah until you just said that I both of you I, I kind of forgot this was a musical and I forgot all the songs I, I don't remember I couldn't hum one right now off the top of my head Chow Papa um, is a banger to be fair that's like the main song and that is that is a very good song that's been that stuck like, in my head a lot today. I, I would say that's like the When You Wish Upon a Star of this film, isn't it? I, mm. I think oh, I think that was the idea behind it anyway. Kind of happens right in the middle of the film as well, which is usually like the big point of a song, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Other than those minor criticisms, like I, I love the style of this. I think it's unreal. Mm. I think the performances are incredible. I, I loved it. I thought it's definitely one of the best films I saw last year. 
for sure. Mm. Like it was close to to being one of the top ones. I think maybe if I'd seen this in a cinema, I think that would have probably put a definitive like stance on that. But yeah, I loved it. I thought really like I think because we've been watching these closely, we're probably going to get a bit more of it uh, from it than everyone else. You know, like we're Pinocchio gatekeepers at this point. Yeah. So like <laughs> <laughs> I think the way that this expands on stuff, like it it feels like if you're going to make an adaptation, you should aim to kind of improve what's come yeah. before rather than just mm. copy it which is a good criticism for what Robert Zemeckis did with the live action Pinocchio mm. that Definitely. came out recently but like this explains like why the nose grows the grief stuff with Geppetto is just so so good and like mm. just everything just feels a bit more like organic in this like it doesn't feel like it's just coming out of nowhere that his nose gets longer and stuff like it all kind of makes sense yeah, yeah. and on that, I was going to say that, like, a pattern I've noticed in every Pinocchio film we've watched so far, again, we're only on the fourth, but <laughs> um, in what we've seen so far, I feel like every Pinocchio film is kind of, like, compartmentalised into, like, these sections. So you've got the scene where he's he's born, the scene he goes to school, the scene he goes mm. to the fair, the scene he gets eaten by the whale, and it's kind of, they never really tie that together. Yeah. And I feel like this film took the time to sort of give characters these moments or, you know, get, bring them back in moments that kind of tied. Like, the, I think there was a, a portion where after he's in the, the training camp, like he comes out of there and then suddenly we're, we're back with the, I can't remember his name, the Stromboli character comes back. I can't Volpe. remember his name. Yeah, he he comes back suddenly and he's reintroduced to it, and it makes you know it makes you not forget these characters because I think in most of the ones we've seen so far that you kind of I know you once their section is over you kind of lose who these characters are. Yeah, yeah. it's really episodic. One, very episodic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas in this, it's kind of you know you constantly feel engaged in a conversation with all of them. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think, and I think. Yeah, it touches on in places that I didn't expect it to, and it brings something new to the story. Like the thing about him being essentially immortal was um, was awful, awfully sad. Like yeah. I couldn't believe that they went there and with the story. And well, I won't touch on it yet, but the ending was the hardest hitting I think of any of these these films mm. ending by far. It's strangely and, hopeful as well, though. That's that's what I think yeah, is so yeah. good about this. I think like the I think it really gets its themes right and like actually develops on them rather than just like I, uh, I hate to keep mentioning it because we haven't watched it, but the Robert Zemeckis one, like literally there's just a picture of um Geppetto's potential son, but there's like no mentions of it. And I get yeah. it that that one's more aimed at kids, but like the fact that this starts and ends with Geppetto, like he's actually got a proper arc in this rather than just he inexplicably yeah. starts liking a horrible puppet yeah like if he's a grieving if he's a grieving father he shouldn't just be like immediately like oh yeah this is my new son yeah that's fine it needs to have that tinge of sadness like here he's a like an alcoholic from what's happened to him he's really miserable Mm -hmm. and he does have a really clear really good arc i think he's definitely the best bit of the film by far yeah for sure Mm. yeah geppetto yeah he hits it out of the park He's the perfect Geppetto, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So the film opens with the saddest possible beginning of any of these films where you you watch the little boy die. That that was my first tear session in this film. Out of the, I think, (laughs) I I, I dropped tears about three times in this film. And I think that the beginning, straight from the beginning, it hit me. I was like, God, did you pick him up? I was like, I know what I'm getting into this. I know what I'm getting into now, and I've got to prepare myself. Imagine if Joe watched it in the cinema and he's like, "Is anyone else's cheeks wet?" 
<laughs> I, no, but I am a crier when it comes to films. I am. I always get a wet eye in the film. Like a, a moment can yeah, touch me, me and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I remember when we saw Kong vs Godzilla. This boy couldn't exactly. stop. Honestly, <laughs> I was I was in pieces. <laughs> yeah, no, I was the same. I think this is like the most emotional first ten minutes of a like animated film since Up. Yeah, not quite yeah. hitting those highs, but it gets very close to it, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I knew as soon as you see Carlo, you know that he's he's a goner. I think yeah. they even say like, "Oh, he dies. He did didn't live past ten like immediately." But I didn't yeah. expect it to be the bombings of a mm. what is it? And it is an Italian. Yeah, it's their own their own First land. They, I think it's um, Guillermo del Toro talking about how like pointless war is because doesn't he say that like the plane only dropped the bomb to lighten its cargo or something? Yeah, so it's not even like a planned attack or anything. It's it's a horrible freak accident that kills a little a little stop motion boy, and then we're all yeah. sat there crying about it. <laughs> a very 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 nice stop motion boy. He's a very yeah. nice kid. Um, one thing about the animation though, that bit, I don't know why they made Geppetto look so old. I mean, I'm not going to criticize too much, but wasn't that like 20 years before the main story mm. starts, and he's kind of already like a really old man? I think it'd yeah. be better if he had like some brown in his hair. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe, but I guess it's just. It's probably pretty remember. expensive, isn't it? <laughs> I can't remember. Did did they actually change? They, I assume they didn't change the animation between then. And... I think they just made him look a bit more weary in the older bits. I right. think he got more bags under his eyes and stuff because he became like an alcoholic, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was still like a balding older older man. Mm, I just yeah. love everything but... about Geppetto in this. I could, I think, I could speak for hours <laughs> oh. about even just the way he looks. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I, I love that beard. Yeah, yeah the beard's great. The, but the two short on, trousers. Yeah, the two short trousers. But early on, I, I was writing, I was giving him papa points from the get-go because like mm. Carlo, Carlo is saying how much he wants to be like him. And then you've got him sort of putting his kid to bed and you can tell how much like he cares for this kid. And that, yeah. again, bleeds over into Pinocchio later on as well. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he walk past with Carlo right at the start, and someone's like, "He's such a good dad." And then another, yeah, he's a model like, Italian citizen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I heard that, I was like, "Bloody hell! This guy's card is going to be off the chain. He's got the best I, I, Trump card." <laughs> this might have to be the one that I golden crust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that the word in crust? <laughs> I think they handle as well the alcoholism angle really, really well. Like, and the, is this mm. the first time that we've had a Pinocchio born completely out of like? Drunken madness. Drunken mm. rage, yeah. Yep, it yeah. definitely is. Yeah, they do. I mean, they handle it quite sensitively considering it's like a kid's film, don't they? Well, it's not a yeah. kid's film. Well, this is the thing, like what you said earlier about the director saying that it's, you know, animation is a style, not a genre. Like, I, f- I think that he has really put that across in this film with some, you know, like that moment alone, but so mm. many themes in this, like the, you know, the, the mortality of Pinocchio and, and touching upon death and stuff. Like it, it just hits these points, doesn't it? To rem- yeah. that remind you, like while you're watching it, you know, it has these songs that make you go, oh, yeah, this is a kid's film. This is for the mm. kids. Yeah. But you then get hit with these things that sort of make you question your own <laughs> mortality. And you're like, wow, this is deep. This means something. Yeah. yeah. And, when you look at like the Robert Zemeckis one that came out earlier this year, like I think that one shied away too much from how dark this story is. And you can say Disney does that a lot with a lot of their mm. stories. This doesn't shy away at all. This is a no. very creepy, very weird story about a man mm. who accidentally creates a boy who can't age and can't die made of wood, who's really yeah. creepy and awful and obnoxious. And yeah. it just doesn't shy away from how 
horrible and kind of creepy this story is, mm. but it does it in still a charming and sweet way, which I think, I don't know, the tone just really works. I just think it's such a good choice to open with like the flashback style thing because they've already made you like Geppetto before, you know, the actual story usually starts. Yeah. And then yeah. they can kind of afford to make him quite dark and unlikable because yeah, like you exactly. know that there is a good person in there. Whereas like if this started with him drunkenly making Pinocchio and then like locking him in a cupboard and just he was like yeah. destroying him, wasn't he? Because he was yeah. drunk yeah. and stuff. He's like mm. basically saying he's a monster and whatever. If it started with that, you'd be like, This guy's horrible. It's gonna take a lot to like him, but you've already seen him be a good dad, so it's kind of yeah, a great technique, really. Yeah, I'm what also if... glad they didn't like show a flashback as well. I think that wouldn't have worked. I think opening on that was perfect. I was gonna Definitely. ask, what did you guys think of Pinocchio's origin in this? Because I, I personally loved the whole pinecone fin that Carlo had picked up and the fact that that got mm. planted and mm-hmm. then turned into the tree that would then become, well, Sebastian's home, but then Pinocchio. But <laughs> I, I just, but again, it's like what I was saying earlier, the way they just tie all these things together, mm. like, you can tell that this is a really well-made film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. It, it, again, it's just more of developing that father and son kind of theme as well, wasn't it? Because didn't Geppetto show him like, the perfect one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What I think as well, I think that's goes for all the characters because also when you look at Sebastian, he's like horrible as well. He's like arrogant and stupid and he's just cares about writing his novel and, and being famous and, and all this. He's, he's just like an awful bloke, but as well as that, he also has a really good character arc uh, yeah. in the film as he like, yeah, he's got Pinocchio. Good yeah. He's a really but, robust bug, isn't he? He really is. He gets destroyed the, more <laughs> yeah. than any other bug we've seen in these films. <laughs> so many times I thought, right, that, surely that's him done now. And then suddenly yeah. like, they peel him off the bottom of a book or on the bottom yeah. of a shoe. <laughs> but he's yeah, also he the only one we done. see die. So he's not that <laughs> oh, robust. God. Yeah, but of old age, after <laughs> being destroyed by everything. He could have died a lot earlier. He should have. Oh, no, he, I, no, I like No, him. he's I really he good. good. Yeah, and I, he was I constantly problem... going on about his um his memoirs though, wasn't he? Yeah, mm. but I think like Jiminy Cricket, I hate that character. I think he's an, like, why are you the voice of reason for this boy? You don't have any. What's your angle? And I've always found that character kind of creepy and weird. And why are you the voice of reason? What is You've your got a very why odd outlook on life? He's not Me? weird and creepy in the old one. In like the Disney I don't movie. like him. I don't <laughs> like him. I think he's just like annoying, and he's always there. I don't like him in any of the Pinocchio adaptations, but here I'm like, yes, this is a flawed character. <laughs> they know he's flawed and he has an arc and he learns as well. Did it's you get invited Pinocchio to many learning. parties as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> you in the corner of the room talking What, because about I don't like Jiminy how Cricket? How horrible Jiminy Cricket was. <laughs> it's funny you say that, though, because if if I was going to assign a character to all three of us from, oh, no. from Pinocchio, I, I would be Geppetto, Luke would be Pinocchio, and you, you would be, you'd be Jiminy Cricket. I'm sorry. Why would I be the book? I'd be Strombody, mate. <laughs> or yeah, the, you're the ringmaster Bonish John or whatever he's called <laughs> yeah you can be the fox I'll be the cat and you can be the wooden boy <laughs> Joe's Candlewick <laughs> yeah, I'm, defi- I'm definitely Candlewick <laughs> so yeah what what kind of happens after that is that we spoke a little bit about how he gets introduced in such a horrible way um, mm. Pinocchio and he's like it's kind of Bambi-esque but also Frankenstein's monster-esque like he's learning to yeah. be a human and you kind of get that and he sort of moves around like a spider at one point. 
yeah he's, he's like upside down like his legs are still upright but he's bod his torso's like in between them and he's just that, contorting that all these mad out, ways part. yeah, yeah i yeah. loved that i thought that was that was brilliant very good mm. i'd have loved to have seen pinocchio 1911 do some of that stuff <laughs> 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 he gets locked in a cupboard and then he he sort of becomes a pest in this town doesn't he he goes to like the yeah. church they're mm. fuming about seeing him there and then that's when he's um problems start with the what's what is the political group the just the fascists the nazis are they nazis at that point the italians were nazis in world war Two, were they yeah but i don't know if this is in world war Two or if it's them preparing for world war Two. i couldn't i wasn't um, too sure oh yeah you're right because i was gonna say bombs were but that no that because was... the war goes on it's like years this spans yeah, this years film does go on for starting, years. yeah i don't know how long it is between Carlo dying and Pinocchio being made because like a whole pine tree grows in that time. It must well, be quite a while. It's twenty years. It's something like twenty years because um like that's the end of World War One and then this is the start oh, of World War Two. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's so why I don't to... understand why Geppetto's not aged at all. <laughs> it's just wearier. Italian genes, isn't it, Joe? <laughs> Let, let's put it down to let's put it down to budget reasons. But yeah, so he there's like these sort of hints at religion being like a bit of a problem as well, isn't there? pretty mm, deep thing yeah. they don't go into it too much but like yeah the christ imagery is pretty strong in this yeah yeah i didn't expect so much christ imagery it's touched upon but like i guess carlo's death kind of makes geppetto lose his faith right because he doesn't go back to the church to finish off the jesus that he's carving yeah. yeah and having pinocchio back kind of influences him to go and finish it like he's restored his his faith and then later on you see um pinocchio getting crucified yeah, you do that. see Pinocchio getting crucified. He gets a lot. He goes through the ringer here. I mean, this he Pinocchio, he dies multiple times. Yeah, quite often. Yeah. Is he hinted um, at basically being Jesus? Do you think he kind of Jesus doesn't have... only died once? <laughs> this yeah, guy but he comes still back came back. So many times. Um, he's kind of like he's he's an immaculate conception or whatever you call it. He, he's born from nothing, so I guess he is kind of Jesus. He saves he's kind of like does he? He saves three people. Everyone. <laughs> and he's a Nazi for a lot of it. <laughs> he's not a Nazi. He was he's following a child orders. soldier, yeah. He's, quite he's just having fun. He's just a donkey. So yeah, he... I love the way that when he tells lies in this as well, and he does lie a lot in this, mm. his nose comes out in like a tree. Yeah. And it grows yeah. like leaves and it gets bigger and bigger. And it's, yeah, it's very off-putting. Yeah, but that is also another very good choice. That's so much better than just a retracting nose that's just been carved to be like a pencil or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Um, and it is again, it's more body horror. Like his yeah. birth, like that nose sprouting from him and like even the noise of it like cracking through his skin. It's like it's pretty it's pretty scary stuff, isn't it? I like as well with his nose that they have to like saw it off and like when his his feet get set on fire and he has to like get new ones put on and stuff and yeah. it's just really grim it doesn't like restore itself naturally it's just kind of it's like taped on isn't it like his legs are yeah. taped together for most of the film aren't they yeah yeah they've just he's got like rubber bands around his legs hasn't he <laughs> yeah but that's the what only we're... other one we've seen that in is 1911 so that maybe that's the story point maybe he does lose his legs in the book yeah i think he definitely his legs set on fire in the book don't they yeah mm. It, this Great. one made me more than any of the others really want to finish that book, and I'm gutted that it's going to take us like 18 months or something like that, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I you could read ahead. <laughs> yeah, I could read it off pod, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, funnily enough, I was doing some research and I saw that one character in this I assumed wouldn't have been like 
would have been a Guillermo del Toro idea rather than an original one from the book is those rabbit undertakers, the black yeah. rabbits that he sees in purgatory or whatever, and they like take his coffin. Yeah. I think that's my favorite bit when they come around the corner and they're holding a Pinocchio coffin. That's, that's what, yeah, I was confused at that point. I was like, what? It was one of those moments where I was like, what is actually happening here? If they actually he gets hit by it? a car and dies, doesn't he? Like, that's the first yeah. one. And I was like, but is he actually dead? Like, surely he can't die, right? And then. Yeah. I kind of thought from there that then it was going to be Guillermo del Toro's own thing. I didn't think it would follow the story as much anymore. I thought that was like his jumping off point. But yeah. Instead, it's just like weaved throughout it. But apparently, they're in the book, the Black Rabbit Undertakers. Oh, like. Really? Yeah, they're not from just his idea they're an actual thing oh my god <laughs> yeah so i'm intrigued by that they're voiced hey. by tim blake nelson as well which i love he's I from like holes <laughs> that's what i always think of him as being in he's in a brother art though yeah he's in a lot more better stuff he's in the watchman series and incredible um, hulk yeah he was the the, lead the master leader. wasn't it the leader the leader that's it <laughs> but yeah anytime i hear him or see him i just think of they call him Zero because there's zero going on in his stupid little head. <laughs> and that's that was a good impression. Who he is. That's him. Um, but yeah, he's voicing these weird undertakers that are like constantly playing cards in. It is purgatory, right? It's not hell. Or yeah, it's the like the space between the space between. or something. Yeah. yeah. The in between. Yeah. And uh, death's there and I... as well. And death is awesome in this as well. Like, what a mad character design. Was that the big, yeah. like the big um... sphinx? Yeah, yeah, it's like a sphinx, but it's got like a dolphin tail. And yeah. they were talking about the design of that in the making of thing as well. And they were saying that like the tail, some of the textures they took from like the pine cone. So like wow. the tail is the same sort of like flex and whatever. It's supposed to be like that character represents everything in life and death, I think. Amazing. Yeah, and I, I like as well that it's the same voice and the same like near character model as the one that brings Japan, uh, brings Pinocchio to life, like yeah. the Blue Fairy. Yeah. It's kind of even creepier that it's this like thing between life sister, and death. Doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah, does, yeah. doesn't she? I was yeah. going to say that. It, isn't she made up of, was it loads of little spirits that like floated mm. around? Yeah, yeah, like spirits from I, the woods. Yeah, and, and I can't I couldn't remember. What was the purpose of those spirits again? Because I'm sure they said something along the lines of like they give hope to those who need it or something like that was it something yeah, like that they some, said something like that yeah yeah again it I just, just all it feels cool. like so yeah it feels like there's actually like a background to all these things happening yeah rather like than just every a blue woman every, turns up yeah like everything felt intentional and I, I think that's why i liked it so much was mm. just you know everything had a purpose there was nothing that was just there for the sake of mm. being there well there, there might have been something but a lot of it felt like it had a, a place in the story yeah, this felt like Guillermo del Toro had like a Bible. You know, when you hear about people having like a show Bible and it's like a massive document that's like everything's explained and whatever. Yeah. Whereas Robert Zemeckis' one feels like he just watched the old one and was like, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what this needs? Some Tom Hanks. It needs a Woody from Toy Story pop out clock or whatever. <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started. But yeah, even the Blue Fairy, like the wings had all of the eyes of the spirits and they were like blinking mm. throughout the scenes and stuff like mm. all these little details are just very very good there's a bit when pinocchio sits on a sea mine and it looks just like when he rode the cannonball in the 1911 version yeah our favorite bit that we all loved <laughs> when he got shot through the sky i wouldn't be surprised if guillermo del toro watched that film he must Would have, surely no, i wouldn't be surprised either he probably is the one that restored it or something him and peter jackson 
(laughs) (laughs) what do you think of like all this stuff like how they how they bring in the the fascists so those characters like podesta and i mean he's only in it briefly Mussolini's there for a bit I think it weaves this idea of Pinocchio being what? Like, they think he's like an Italian super soldier. They're like, oh, this is a boy who can't die, so let's put him on the battlefield. And I think that's weaved into the story in a quite clever way. And I think Mm. getting rid of the the bit where they send all the kids to Paradise Island, I think that was a really good idea. And I think the weird child soldier camp uh, where boys, like, turn into something else, where they turn Mm. to soldiers, I think that was really clever and quite sad version of that mm. and i think they weaved in all this historical fiction uh historical backdrop really nicely into this story and i think it, it was weird how well it works yeah i think i feel like it added like some realism to it because i think that you think pinocchio and you think fairy tale don't you and i know that this yeah. is you know it is what it is it's still very much like it's got all of the basis of the pinocchio fairy tale but adding that realism to it, it kind of just grounded it a lot more, didn't it? It made you feel like, you know, it it made you relate to the characters more, I think. It just made Mm. them feel like real characters instead of, you know, just a wooden puppet running around. Instead, he's put in a very real situation where, you know, he has this incredible, well, not a real situation with the incredible strength, but the people in this world would exploit that if anyone had any kind of power like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, it is is such a a good choice to choose to like change one of the most like fantasy kind of parts of the original story with such like weirdly grounded horrible horrible real thing mm. yeah that, bit that part's where... already horrible isn't it then when they become donkeys but yeah somehow they make it even more horrible by taking away like the magic part of it yeah, yeah. the bit when uh candlewick and pinocchio just both kind of say oh we both drew it's it's fine and they're like playing a game mm. and they're both really nice and that man's like no shoot this boy now <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's yeah. really grim and i think they they handle it really well i think candlewick was really good in this as well i mm. thought at one point you know mm. when that when that camp had blown up because of the what, what, mm. did one of the bombs land on it i think at that point, I thought that Cat- they'd killed off Candlewick, and I was like, "This is really going places." <laughs> but I think he survived, didn't he? Because you saw him come out, and he was like, "Pinocchio." Yeah, I think he just got away, didn't he? Yeah, the... yeah. But I'm guessing he died anyway because of the passage yeah. of time. Yeah, probably sent yeah, him into the battlefield to... or can't escape it. Yeah, it's a real loss of innocence and youth at that point, isn't it? It's yeah, pretty harrowing stuff. Very, mm. <laughs> it's very weird <laughs> to have yeah. that in this film, but. He he pulls it off somehow. I, I don't think there's anything that they couldn't have done with this. It's it's crazy that it all works. Yeah. Do you know what I really I th- liked as well? I really liked that we've been judging the bug in every film. And I think the bug doesn't really serve much of a purpose other than the conscience. Like they've got the, the mm. stickers slapped on their head and then they're meant to guide Pinocchio in some sort of way. And mm. I really love the moments in this where you had Geppetto and mm. Sebastian, Sebastian's full on like screaming at how much of a failure Geppetto is. He's like, you're meant to, you know, you're the father and stuff. And they're kind of yeah. like putting it back in the court of that father and son relationship. Yeah. I was just about to say exactly the same thing. That's I think really good that you pair them to Marvin Pinocchio and they're both looking for Pinocchio. And then mm. that the bug has got like some backstory with his own father and he's roasting Geppetto and Geppetto. I can see him and hear him. I think yeah. that works really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Good. He's more like a conscience for everyone rather than just for Pinocchio, I guess, at that point, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
and I think that culminating and him deciding to use his wish to bring Pinocchio back to life to live like a cursed never dying life that was, was another really moment sick. that was another moment mm-hmm. that made me cry of joy Dear, oh it's it's very it's very creepy though isn't it that mm. like last bit yeah um, but yeah as well as that I, I don't know if we've skipped over anything else I think I, we definitely we have really spoken about long. the villain and like the whole yeah. taking the circus on the road and stuff Mm. I think it's it's quite small scale the show that he does. He's kind of just like a traveling circus and whatever. But mm. I kind yeah. of like that you see him go on like a bit of a journey and stuff. And it does feel like that character. I don't know. You just get more detail in this than you would in any of the other ones. Like mm. you see the the monkey kind of have the hair arc where they change their yeah. mind about thingy. Pinocchio's not actually getting any of the money to go to Geppetto and all of that stuff. And yeah, if yeah, it feels like a journey. Like you. You look at the, I don't want to keep ragging on it, but the live action one from this year, that, that takes place in a day and they make a joke like this happened in one day. It doesn't mm. feel very grand in its spectacle. This seems like it takes years and it's, yeah, yeah it looks like they are traveling for a long time. It's, mm. it seems mm. epic in its scale, even though it's with like puppets and little toys and stuff and it's great. Yeah. Mm. I just liked the bits when like he's he's got a bit of a fan base. He's a bit famous, and he's like, <laughs> so there's like a queue of people that are like, oh my god, it's him, it's him, and he's like, you're too mm. kind, thank you, you're too kind. <laughs> but I I really like that the way they handled that in this though, and and just handled Pinocchio in general. It kind of came across like because I think in the others he sort of he gets to that point where he learns to be a boy, or he starts, you know. He ditches school, and then you know that's technically his naughty phase, isn't it? And he and he kind of mm. goes off the rails, and you know, bad influences X, Y, and Z. But you can tell in this that he's conflicted the entire way mm. through because even in those moments, like for example, he he gets out of the circus but goes back to the circus because of that, you know, that big, isn't it? The um, because of the contract, Geppetto's in debt, so Pinocchio obviously goes back to make this money. Then comes in the Chow Papa moment, which is like just incredible but mm-hmm. um you know it, it was kind of nice to see that all of that fame and stuff being thrown at him you can tell that he's kind of on the fence about it isn't he he's kind of like oh yeah. I, I you know he kind of accepts it but he's kind of like oh i've got to go you know oh and when he sees geppetto he's like oh yeah you know the person i've been doing this for yeah it's more about him wanting to be it, it's not about him wanting to be real it's about him wanting to be good isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes such a difference as well because in the other ones he's just going on about how he wants skin all the time. Yeah, do they do they even mention at any point that they want him to be a real boy? Geppetto wants him to be more like Carlo, but not like physically like him, just like personality, mm. because Carlo is such a sweet, sweet, nice boy. He's a lovely mm. boy, yeah. But he's even then, that's God. another a really good change in it, is that instead of having a replacement for a son, he's got like a new one, isn't it? That's that's yeah how it ends. But mm. um the other ones would have him just becoming a real kid like yeah which cheapens carlo's death which is very yeah. sad and stuff and you can't just replace him when he's died and i think this film's wise enough to not just be like oh yeah this is carlo again he's back it's like yeah. no he's he's a new thing and it, yeah that's that's fine mm. yeah the whole film's bookended by like a shot of his his grave as dark as that is like he does yeah. kind of start and finish the film doesn't he the, mm. the little boy yeah as well as that villain as well who i thought was pretty good and yeah, pretty grim and, and like a horrible bloke. I what, think Volpe? that um, is that or pedestal? Volpe, the, the fox man. Yeah, I think that uh, the I love the monkey, I thought that was really cool. But it's usually a cat, isn't it? That mm-hmm. character, yeah, yeah. yeah. And here it's just like a milky eyed 
clearly just savagely beaten little monkey man. And mm-hmm. he was just weird and I liked him. Yeah, it's about him breaking out of Stockholm Syndrome, basically, isn't it? Kind yeah, exactly. Growing his own wings and flying away from the circus. <laughs> until the, Yeah, until the end when he walks towards his own grave. <laughs> just very, he very dies sad. happy and free. And what more That's could true. we want? Exactly. In, in fascist Italy. I loved, <laughs> I loved his uh, the moment where he became a boat. Do you remember the bit when the monkey became a... Uh, he jumped yeah. on... <laughs> When, when the monkey spun his tail and and he did like oh the, yeah oh yeah he, he acted as a propeller for a, came a little speed but yeah that was good a, a trick a trick that we saw in another Pinocchio film didn't we you know it's it's a yes. common theme in this someone yeah. someone becomes a boat <laughs> how many it's one of the archetypes of a Pinocchio film is that someone needs to become a boat at some point <laughs> how many times does Pinocchio die in this film I want to say it was three wasn't it yeah I let's think count three it. or four. He dies in so, the battlefield at one point, hit yeah, by a van. Hit by a van. Uh, he drowns. Yeah. He drowns twice. Yeah, one. No, he explodes one by he sea mine. When, he is, when he's real, oh, yeah. isn't it? Sea mine, yeah. Yeah. Sea mine and drowns. And yeah. Then yeah. It's a fall. Is that it? I thought he died another time. It's quite a lot to die, though, isn't it? Yeah, more than one. Yeah. Um, I was genuinely very, um, I don't know, on the edge of my seat and very stressed when he was trying to keep Geppetto afloat and he was with trying to swim upwards arm. with his like stump yeah. arm. Yeah. And he kept like falling. I was like, oh my God, please, please get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, never, yeah, I've never felt like that about this wooden idiot. <laughs> it's a big compliment to say it reminded me of how I felt in like the last act of Paddington 2. Because that's another one involving <laughs> a little character drowning that makes you really sad. It was, yeah, yeah. it was really intense, wasn't it? Mm. But he got out. But yeah, I was really worried about everyone's safety and it was grim. There was real stakes in this, which is insane. I, I feel like we've peaked too soon with this film. We've got to watch yeah. so many other Pinocchios now. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that this works really well as... You know, as a Pinocchio film, it of course works well. But as you know, if you take the Pinocchio out of it, it works as a good film, and that—that's how you can tell that so much like tender love and care has gone into making this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a proper labor of love, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Thinking about the ending as well, like so, the ending to this is deviates quite heavily from most Pinocchio ones, which just show oh, and they lived happily ever after. Here, mm-hmm. you see what ever after actually is. So, yeah, it's happy in the moment. It could have ended there. But no, you've got to see Geppetto's death and then Sebastian's death and then the monkey's death. And then it's just Pinocchio just on his own and everyone else is dying and aging around him. Yeah. What did you two think of that? It was one when it ended. I just kind of didn't speak for ages. Yeah. Because like, oh. <laughs> it's the thing is, it's not a sad ending. There's no way that it's a sad ending because all of them had a happy life in the end yeah and everyone does die there's no two ways about it it's realistic and the sadness isn't from the death it's the sadness that pinocchio can't die which is like oh my god he's just here forever now Mm. yeah but that isn't really even portrayed as being that negative is it he just sort of moves on and he goes goes about his life doing what he loved freaking people out (laughs) i was just thinking of the like i don't know the ethics of it and the the kind of the depth of it like what about if he's just a head and like he doesn't have arms and legs or body anymore they've like he's long lost them and he's just caught just there forever he's become like a legend hasn't he that's the thing he like walks off into the into the light he could be anywhere yeah he could be anywhere but he could also just be a head like what in the wood like no one talking to him him just 
trapped forever uh, alone until the end the of the universe. Thing about an open ending like this, though, is that mm. y- it's, it reflects you and what you think, and you <laughs> you're worried about him being left as a head somewhere. And I'm just thinking, like, he's gone off. He's been a hero to some people, and he's probably settled down and or or just died. But who would he settle but down happy. with? Because he can't die. He would. Everyone he loves will outgrow him, and he can't grow up. He can't do anything. He's it's just got to exist. This world's magical, forever. though. If he can exist, there's other people that are like it. I'd be begging that fairy to kill me. The fairy oh, probably will come that... back and help him, or like he'll he'll he probably maybe he dies and he goes and speaks to that um to death and the undertakers and stuff. They're all still around. Well, yeah. it kind of made you feel like death wasn't the end as well in some respects, didn't mm. it? Because you kind of had sebastian at the end you know because that's what confused me actually and and it made sense in the end but when he was like and one day he found me by the window and i was like how are you saying this <laughs> and then it was like, oh he's there with the rabbits and, and they're playing poker or whatever and it was you oh. know it, again it just it was like this charm wasn't it it's kind of it yeah, was da- it was like a dark ending but like i mean it was a happy ending but it kind of just added this moment that kind of just made it bittersweet i suppose yeah that's that's the best way of describing it it's just very bittersweet but melancholic isn't it yeah. it's proper melancholy that's i think that's what the whole film kind of is though yeah i think but yeah it's crazy because you don't really see him despairing you don't see him happy you don't see anything it's just like someone's died it's sad and now we're we're moving on and it's just yeah it's crushing that ending i found mm. but he also he also didn't um I don't think he fully understood death either because there was earlier in the film that I remember he was death. like, he's met death. <laughs> he, he has met death. But in the beginning, it was interesting to see Sebastian like try and explain to a child in like the, you know, the most like bare terms what death is. Hmm. So like, did he even know what it was by the end? Like, I know he'd come gone to death and come back. So did he actually feel the full brunt of it? When Geppetto didn't wake up in the morning and just he had to bury him, I think that was probably where it, it really hit <laughs> what yeah. this is, actually. I, I thought that was kind of what the what his final the final thing he learns in the in like the final act kind of is though, isn't it? That's why when he gets brought back, he does learn that death yeah. is final. Yeah, and everyone there are, else. Like that's what it I means suppose, to be real. Yeah, like there are consequences to your actions. Oh, and I'm just imagine I'm just imagining what if Candlewick had been an old man at the end and then died as well. So it's like, oh my God, you are you are never going to die, this Pinocchio. That'd have been awful. Oh, I can't stop thinking about it. I, 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 I need to stop thinking about him living forever as a little boy. That really, really upsets me. But he's a, he's just a bright-eyed, optimistic little, little creature, isn't he? He'll know, probably but, be fine with it. But if you're there forever, like, what does that do to a mind? Well, you're getting annoying being here just for an hour. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure I think he'll be all right with it. He's a he's a different kind of being, isn't he? I'd be a nightmare. He's a wooden that. puppet. I'd be a nightmare with that curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. But Joe would be good. He'd just keep releasing albums. Yeah, just do every genre. Every genre. I'd have to make new ones. Joe, how long would you be happy being alive? Like. If you if you can't age from here and you can't change, how long would you go until you're like I've lived too long? Oh God! I think two hundred years. This has gone to this has gone to a really <laughs> dark place. I don't think I want to answer that question. What about you, Luke? <laughs> I, I would think... I would wander the world. I think I'd become I'd like a world. husk of a man. But I would God, I'd have some stories. 
you've got to, yeah the good thing is i guess new things will be happening constantly because yeah. you're moving forward yeah. and like new films will be coming out and stuff like yeah you'd want the world <laughs> I think eventually imagine how I'd many just... versions of Pinocchio this puppet has seen. <laughs> can, can, can you imagine, like, you're just outliving oh. everyone and you're just making a Pinocchio podcast I by know, yourself. I know, I do this podcast with your great-great-grandchildren. <laughs> you, yeah, you're, like, convincing our kids to do a podcast. Come on, your dad did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd eventually just, like, I think I'd eventually go to Mount Everest and just lie down and freeze um, and just wait to be thawed out, like, a, in a million years or something. And do you like, know what? I'd be like, I can't be bothered. I'm I'm such a creature of habit that I feel like I generally would just <laughs> do the same thing all the time. Oh I would have a God, routine. I'd, I'd have a routine for my week, and I would I would do that routine until I got bored of it, and then change my. You'd routine. have to keep how, on the move though, because yeah, people would how start long to notice the government would eventually start. They'd start prying. I think about yeah. this all the time, like all the time. If I got cursed with this, like yeah, the government would then be like, "Wait, why has this man not died?" You'd have to constantly changing your identity, and then everyone you know dying all the time. It'd just be like you'd be desensitized to life. Mm-hmm. Humans would be like insects to you, and oh then you'd get to the point where like humans have evolved, like to get like gills or like really long necks, and you're like an alien. It'd be awful. Well, he's an alien anyway. He's a puppet. He already is an alien, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon he's he, like wood rot would set in at some point, and he's yeah. gonna just mold away and disintegrate over time, isn't he? You've got maybe he'll be like. It'll be like uh, the Tin Man in uh, the Wizard of Oz, who just eventually just stop. <laughs> yeah, he just stops the days of Scarecrow. <laughs> he's just, one day, one day he's walking. He's like, <laughs> and then I can there's imagine... an episode of BBC's The Repair Shop where someone brings in the puppet to get restored. <laughs> like what? What is he? What makes him alive though? Like, could he be just like a splinter, but he's alive? What is the sentience of that that animal? It wouldn't matter at that point, would it? If he, what he's a splinter with a pulse. If you're scattered as like wood shavings across the floor, but you're still alive and you're just like can't speak, can't move, can't do anything, trapped. Mm. Well, I guess what you would probably <laughs> want to do, you'd probably want to be a splinter then, because then you can move. <laughs> if you're if you're a splinter stuck in someone's finger, you know you're you're, you're seeing the world. They just need to not realise that you're there. You're he's... not seeing the world. You're seeing a man's finger. You can't see anything, and you don't have you don't have eyes. And stuff. No, but imagine like you're like you're you're seeing out the edge of his finger. You know, you don't have eyes. You don't have any senses. You don't have ears. So you you just get a bit trapped motion sickness. Then <laughs> you just you just be like, what's going on? It'd be like having your ears closed, your eyes closed, and just being shaken about, and you'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> Awful. We didn't have any of this deep introspective conversation when we watched Pinocchio <laughs> three thousand. Is the ending of this? Because it is so open, and you know, there's there's a lot to say. Is it that he is immortal in that if someone tried to attack him, he would die and just come back? Because I don't I'd... know if it's just that he hasn't had anything that puts him in harm way because he they finally had a peaceful life You're after right. the beach. You know, You're if right, someone maybe was, you will just die. They've just been in that house, like looking after things and whatever. Mm. Like, if he hasn't come into harm's way, then maybe he wouldn't. No, maybe there's a way he can just. When he wants I don't to, know. Just as, end it. as soon as he hits the road, like in three months or something, he died like four times. So as soon as he hits mm. the road, he's getting hit by a car or. But yeah. did they did they specific when when he got revived at the end? Did they specifically say that he's back to being immortal then? Or I don't think they did. I thought he just no. had one more chance, and I thought yeah, because they said being real is that because he gives up his immortality, doesn't he, to save mm. Geppetto? Yeah, yeah. To come back, he said this is the last time or whatever. Ah, okay. So maybe so it's think, just one more yeah, life. I think it he was might Sebastian's have just one more life. wish. If Sebastian's wish gave him 
one last wish. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that's all right then. I can I can live with that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just the idea of him always just never never dying, never as, aging. As well, Sebastian says, um, I haven't seen him for a while or I haven't heard of him for a while. Maybe he did just die because he wouldn't have gone through there because he's he's just gone. He wouldn't have to go to the waiting room, would he? He'd go to heaven or hell. Probably, or would he? Probably hell. Yeah. Wait, he wouldn't go to that? So he'd never reunite with Chipetto and uh, the others? I don't oh, know. That's awful. I guess it depends what belief system you commit to, doesn't it? No, I'm going with the belief system of this film. They haven't seen him, so I guess he's still alive. And what year do you think it is at the end of the film? I'm saying 1970. What, that monkey lived for 2,000 years? (laughs) You imagine you said, like, at the end of the film, you just see a flying car go over. (laughs) This is a pretty Whoopi Goldberg be like, I think you met my great great aunt. Do they have an, a, a date on the on Spatterzoa's grave? No. They, I don't know. They probably do. I wasn't looking that deeply, though. I was just taking it in. It was it was heartbreaking, that ending. How long do monkeys live? Probably not. I don't know. Do baboon. He's a baboon, is he? I'm really sure they say know. baboon at one Yeah, bit. it was. Bo- it oh, was wow. Baboon. They live 40, 45 years. So let's say he's like 20 at the time of that film, which is about 1940. So yeah, it's probably going to be about 1965 because he's really old at the end. He's got a walking stick, so he's an old baboon. So like 1960s. Yeah, I bet he got shot into the. I bet he ended up on the moon. <laughs> they probably played the yesterday by the Beatles at his funeral as well. <laughs> it's a new song. <laughs> we got a new song. He's, he's quite a modern monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Good taste, this monkey. <laughs> yeah um, okay that's my decision pinocchio died helping the moon landing he was shot by the same guy that killed john lennon <laughs> <laughs> he was there he he got his head blown off instead of jfk <laughs> when did jfk die i don't know uh there's that stephen king book 1176 something or other it's like the exact time of his death but i can't remember where it is Oh, in 1963, so he died before it. he died before the monkey. <laughs> oh, that's God. probably what killed the monkey. He was so shocked at the death of JFK <laughs> that his heart went out. After everything else that he's been through, I'm sure he wouldn't have been that shocked by it. I this guy's know, literally really met Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he threw poo at him. Really. <laughs> exactly. We haven't spoken about that scene, really, have we? Let's go on no, to something a bit lighter. Mussolini's part <laughs> in this film. <laughs> that song was funny. You just so much that poo. Was good. So much yeah. poo. This film's so classy that you wouldn't have expected poo jokes, and yeah. even then they work. But I, I still wrote down like poo and fart jokes always a win, aren't they? Really, mm. it's never going to not win. Sometimes they don't work. Yeah, they don't always work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've seen a film that didn't work at all. <laughs> we've seen quite a few Adam Sandler films with questionable poo moments. Oh yeah, yeah, but. It's handled really well here. I always feel like it's a bit of a thing I don't really know that much about Mussolini because when you learn about history, World War Two over here in the UK anyway, so much of it is just Germany and England. You don't really yeah. get as much context for the wider thing. I knew the name, knew that he was Italian and whatever, but that was kind of it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to put something like that in a film like this because then kids are going to probably, I don't know, look it up a bit more and learn a bit more aren't they rather than it being just donkeys and stuff it's yeah pretty, mm. adding that real world stuff into it, it's just it's quite unexpected isn't it yeah i don't think i we learn that much about it at school 
No, um, it's hard to comment I, on really when you just don't really know much about it at all, isn't it? Yeah, and I do not <laughs> want to delve into the politics of Mussolini on, no. on a Pinocchio podcast. No, let's just say we didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, bad bloke, and it was nice to see them singing about poo in front of him. Yeah, it was good. It was like the kids' version of when Hitler gets killed in Inglorious Bastards, wasn't it? It was <laughs> like that. Is there anything else we want to discuss? I feel like there is a lot because this film is really dense, but like, there's only so much we can do. I say it's hard to cover it all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't really want to cover anything else. Cool. All right then. Well, should we? Uh, should we head out to sea? Oh yeah, please. It's very dangerous, but um, we've all got our swimming costumes on. And oh look, Joe Torrance turned into a boat. Here we go. Oh, amazing! Let's <laughs> get on him. Oh, here we go. Oh god, more wet. God, oh. this is wetter than the workshop. Oh no, there's a storm. Oh god. Oh, I'm turning oh, off. No. I'm turning oh no. Off. Get your umbrella up. Oh god. Oh, oh no. Right, we've crashed on a beach. Oh no. While we wait for help, should we just like deliberate on the film? Should we do some rankings and stuff while we wait yeah, for help that, to come? Actually. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Over to you then, Luke Thomas, the, ra- okay. the ranker. All right. <laughs> <Your> ranker. <laughs> King ranker. Uh, so, first of all, let's go through uh, our Hopper category. Um, so, we're going to first of all rank him on his Italianness out of 10 um what do you think on, he, on his italianness one. this is hard yeah but i've got two points if we're basing it on his accent it's low i think mm-hmm. but i feel like he he just had this italianness about him and just and i mean he got the compliment you know the uh a model it, italian model, model italian so you know i feel like that should give him some more points but i i would still put him around like a, a four or five maybe really I would go higher because they said he's a model Italian man. We see yeah. him carve a like Roman Catholic version of the uh, mm, crucifix. Yeah, I, I suppose so, actually. So much like Italy as well in this. Like we it gave, do, it do. I think we gave Pinocchio 1911's Geppetto a, a level ten on his Italianness. We didn't hear his voice. He could have been as British as he was literally an Italian man. Yeah, but we didn't hear his voice. Italian. We don't know. <laughs> um, I agree with joe kind of i think it he's an english actor he's got this english voice english mm. mannerisms but he, they do say he's italian so i guess mm. there's something i'd say maybe a six all right yeah okay i'm i'm happy to go with that i'm also glad though they didn't do an italian accent this i think it'd yeah. be very distracting and yeah. very weird we'll get jared leto in and chris pratt <laughs> kings of italian <laughs> accents <laughs> all right our next one is our popperness so how much of a popper he is 10 he's got to go high on this 10 i would give him a 10 but he's not i mean he, i agree I, I don't know why i'm trying to argue i'm just trying to play devil's advocate but he's not like very nice a lot he's of the a, film. He, but he is a, a loving father to two kids in this like arguably like we see more love with carlo but we watch him like develop this love for pinocchio what does he mm-hmm. say about pinocchio though that bit does he say that he's a disappointment or a an oh, he calls it a burden a burden, burden. Yeah. A burden. You're giving this man a ten, but, but that's because he... this is he's like role model father, like right at the start. You see him be the perfect dad. I think when they say he's an, a perfect Italian citizen, he's also a great dad. Yeah, and then he's a reluctant dad to Pinocchio, isn't he? So it just takes him yeah. a while to get his papiness back. But boy, does he find it! 
Pinocchio acts as like a vehicle to get him back to that puppiness because yeah. he's very clearly broken yeah. by the loss of Carlo. Yeah, and if he wasn't a good papa, he wouldn't have spent 25 years sat by his son's grave drinking and crying every mm-hmm. night. So exactly. he's so haunted by what he could have done for his son that, yeah, he's, he's an amazing dad. What am I talking about? He's a 10. That's the good thing about this one, about how rich it is, because all of these things are feeding into each other, aren't they? His Italianness mm-hmm. at that time is like innate to his faith and stuff, making him a good dad. And then what's next? His sadness. No, his craftsman skill. skill. Oh, okay, well, that's not as organic to the rest of his, his um, points. but This is the only time we've seen a Geppetto, and probably the only time we've seen someone drunk build. He does a good job. He does a fantastic job, considering how drunk he is. Mm. Yeah, it's not a bad puppet. I mean, we'll talk more about Pinocchio's design, but he is he is unfinished. Yeah. Like, he's but... only got one ear. He's got half his hair missing. Doesn't he lose his ear? No, no, no. He makes him only one ear and then he says, I'll finish you in the morning. But then by the time he wakes up the next morning, Pinocchio's come to life. Oh, I'm looking at mine now and I need to remove some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's another thing that they mention in the making of documentary that he is like an unfinished thing. And that kind of, I think that as well, that relates back to the Jesus crucifix that he makes. That wasn't finished either. Yeah. That's He's half a man maybe... at the moment, basically. We could also yeah, say that maybe his craft and skill He's lacking a bit of that punctuality and a bit of that um, finishing that but other Geppettos have. We get to see so much more of his actual other work, and it's not just that he's a puppeteer, it's that he actually is like a craftsman. Yeah. And you get to see that Jesus that he's made, and it's like, this is an animated film, but he's made like a really realistic Jesus that doesn't look like any of the other people in this. Yeah, that's true. There's something in that. That's a good bit of craftsmanship, yeah. right? He's broken the fourth wall and found out what real human beings look like, and he's made this Jesus looks like it. Perfect Renaissance Jesus. Yeah, I think that's his craftsmanship is pretty high, I think. I think like a, a very high one, maybe like a nine, personally. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Joe? Yeah, I'm feeling like eight, nine. Yeah. Because yeah. again, he's he's not like this all the way through as well. Like even if Pinocchio's got a few rough edges and stuff, that's like his first thing that he's carved in years and years, isn't it? They say. Yeah. He's too right, busy so, crying on the grave. So nine. And yeah, you're 25 years off and, and you make something that intricate. That's pretty good. You could sell that that guy. I mean, Joe's just bought one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it proves exactly. how endearing it is. <laughs> uh, and then the final one is his sadness. Um, oh, he's going 10, clearly. Yeah, 10. <laughs> yes, this is the, the saddest one we will ever see. He's a depressed alcoholic. This is a strong card right here. This is, this is peak wait. Geppetto, isn't it? If yeah, this is peak Geppetto. If if anyone has the pleasure of getting this card when in twenty years time when they're playing <laughs> Pinocchio Top Trumps, <laughs> sponsored by Real Boys, uh, try and get this card. Yeah, this is a good one. Do you think um, this is what yeah. all the Undertaker rabbits were playing in? in <laughs> they were playing Top Trumps, Real Boys. <laughs> I'd like to believe that. Yes. All right. Who so our next got? one is our bug. Um, so the bug this time is Sebastian J. J Cricket. Cricket, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go through his. So first of all, we've got charm. I would say he's pretty charming. I I loved hearing his stories as well, like about his writing and stuff. I really like those parts. So his voice isn't off putting as well. Like we've had yeah. the granddad from Rugrats <laughs> in the first Pinocchio film, and then we had Spencer, who I know Joe loved him, the penguin from Pinocchio Three Thousand, but. His voice was quite annoying as well. And this one's like, Awful. he just sounds joyful. I think that that's 
probably the highest bit of this character. He's very charming mm-hmm. and yeah. very affable, and he's he's just such an egomaniac and a storyteller. Like the charm is his whole character, more mm-hmm. than him being a role model or a teacher. He's a charming man. Yeah, um, I think you and McGregor gets it spot on as well. Yeah, yeah. I've had a bit no. of a um a rough relationship with him lately because I really didn't really like that Obi Wan Kenobi series that he was in, and then. Oh, yeah. He's in those adverts for like a travel company or something, and it's so annoying. Mm. How about we give it another try or something like that? I can't remember what he's saying. He's walking on a beach, <laughs> and it really gets on my nerves. You see it so much. <laughs> but yeah, in this, I thought it really brought me back on the Ewan train. <laughs> Almost back to those train spotting days. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's charming enough. I'd I'd go with maybe like a seven or an eight. Yeah, I was going to say seven. I'd go nine. Oh, um, really? As high as that? I Ooh. thought he was very charming. I think that's the whole point of his character in this is that he's like a charming, he's a bit like a showman. smooth talker. Yeah, he's a he's a showman. Should we go? And that's eight? how he gets away. Eight, yeah, eight works. Let's go eight. Lovely. So we've got his charm, and then we've got to think about his role model ability. This is a tough one because he's not really a role model at the start, but he no. becomes one. Because mm. he's a bit of an, a big-headed egotist at the start, and the only reason he's helping is so he can get fame and fortune. And what is it that he wants from the? What's the wish that he w- was originally going to do? His book to get published, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, his memoir. I don't think there's anything. That's not a bad thing for a role model to be ambitious, is it? No, yeah, that's you're right. True. Maybe that's not a bad. But he's I mean, also it's not selfish. Like he's doing too many bad things to get to it. Mm. Yeah, but he's, he's egotistical, not... so that's not exactly role model material, but, is it? But I feel like the moment he was given the task to look after Pinocchio, like he, you know, he was like arguing with Geppetto, he was trying to yeah. push the other who should be the role model, he was trying to role model the role model, you know? So, yeah, you're right, yeah, and he understands what it means to be good and bad, doesn't he? I think he. He's got a pretty decent understanding of that. He's not, even though he's self a bit self-grandizing or whatever, he's not like too negative about it. He doesn't like do it at the expense of anyone else, does he? Mm. Yeah. I think, I think he's a eight. decent role model. Yeah, eight. Eight works eight, yeah. to me. Eight feels nice. And then uh, we've got teaching ability. Oh. Well, there, there were a lot of lessons in this film, but I feel like they came from... Experience. Yeah, they did like not like a few of them came from Mr. Sebastian, but uh, I don't think all of the lessons did, so I wouldn't put him majorly high. But the lessons yeah. he gave were kind of like stepping stones to what he learns later on, like mm. death, for example. It was more that he was giving Geppetto the lessons rather than Pinocchio, wasn't it? I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's and lower this, though. This is an interesting one though that he teaches Geppetto as well as Pinocchio. He's got his fingers in all the pies. He's teaching everyone. At the end, they're all playing games together. He's probably taught them how to play it. <laughs> yeah, he's play- he's, yeah, he's playing games with them as time. a human. And he's so charming. His charm is too low. Right. He's so charming. He charms death itself. He charms his <laughs> way into the yeah, into the rabbit undertaker's like- ring of friends. What of a mortal animal could end up at the table of the skeleton hares? Yeah, I don't know actually. Yeah, maybe he's a nine for charm. Okay, yeah, he's let's, a nine. let's let's put the charm to nine. And maybe he's teaching ability of six, seven? Yeah. Yeah, I think seven. Six point five, let's say. Six point five. Good. We haven't say. had any points for a while. Okay. We've had uh, every episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I meant in this one episode. <laughs> so our next one is our villain. What's the name of this? card is podesta our villain podesta was kind of the the main antagonist kind of although we had the stromboli character 
um mm-hmm. and he returns but i feel i still feel like he wasn't the main villain i don't know currently if you guys think otherwise it's hard it's really hard to say with this one because usually the, but the coach because he's the coachman he's the, the coachman yeah the nazi is the coachman but he's the he's the circus man and we go by circus man because one of our categories here oh, is quality show. of show it's yeah quality of show. okay so okay we're going with the what's he called the fox man Count Volpe, I think it was. Count Volpe. Yeah, Count Volpe. Voiced by so, Christoph Waltz, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that. Oh, amazing. So his threat level, he's horrible. And he hits that monkey, and the monkey's got a, a milky eye from where he's probably hit it. Yeah, he's aggressive, isn't he? He does feel like he's got threat. I mean, he threatens to sue as well. Yeah. So he's got he's assets. Smart. He's smart. He's cunning. He's, he's a fox. So yeah, he's cunning like a fox. So... Yeah, I think he's fairly threatening. I mean, I would say Podesta he also crucifies more him. threatening of the two. Yeah, oh, he yeah. does actually. He, does. he tries to burn him. Yeah, I think I think we're we're going for like another eight here. Maybe I think eight. it's an eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, eight, I agree with he 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 crucifies him. He doesn't and have I don't the remember. might of the Nazi party behind him, but like he's he does have the might. Of the no, I was going to say like in that moment, <laughs> although he crucifies Pinocchio, there are also bombs going off all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, yeah, but that's I think pretty that, threatening what... as well. He's so focused on destroying a puppet when he could just be escaping from war. That's true. Yeah. He's psycho. Yeah, he's nuts. He's a very threatening guy. And then we're going to go quality of show. Um, So his show is obviously all around different puppets and also Pinocchio. So this I would score a little bit lower because although it was a travelling show, I think he had that at his disadvantage. It needs to be small enough to be able to take around. And I think there wasn't much to the shows. I feel like the monkey kind of carried the shows with his puppets. Yeah, like, here's the thing about the Adventures of Pinocchio one. Yeah, he's a bad bloke, but he has put a lot of time and effort into the pageantry of the show, like the big fire-breathing monster. This guy's checking the script to see if he actually has a song about poo when Mussolini's there. So he doesn't even know his own products. He's kind of carried by his talent. He's the epitome of a micromanager, isn't he? He's not really the one that's making the difference. Having said that, though, his show, that whole circus, has got a lot of variety in it that we haven't seen with the other ones. The others have been yeah. very puppet focused, whereas this guy's got like a strong man. It's got it's just a classic fun fair, isn't it? Yeah. You see all these different things where that monkey flies around it. The puppets are all pretty good, and I mean, like he had enough props to do like a little little like Nazi show. There's, yeah. There's something in that. He's got a lot of variety. I'll give him that. You're right. Showmanship is pretty impressive as well. Like he yeah. dips into different uh, languages, accents. Like he's he's got a showman <laughs> energy about him. Yeah, but he relies predominantly on his talent and yeah. doesn't quite know his own polished product. But again, do you have to when you're at that level? You kind of can have underlings taking over the the kind of business side of it, whilst you're just like money, money, money. I guess that's the it's point still of him a having a mon- monkey assistant, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, one thing I'll say: Would you would you go and watch this? Yeah, show? definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd go to his circus, and I probably wouldn't go to Lorenzini's from uh, Adventures of Pinocchio because it was oh, just I a puppet show. I would. It's go. just a puppet show. Yeah, yeah but I used to watch see... like Punch and Judy. I mean, this is better than that. But Brian May was there too. <laughs> yeah, you're getting treated to a Brian May song every night. I think this was a pretty good show, but yeah, yeah it was more his. It doesn't reach the highs of what we've seen before. Yeah, I get that. Mm. I'd give it like a six, maybe six, seven. I, yeah, I think okay. I think I'd go for six, 
6.5. Yeah, 6.5 works for me. Yeah, lovely. The thing that Um, makes it harder is that the animation stuff's so good, so it's really hard to separate that from, like, for quality show, you'd be like, oh, this looks great, but then you're like, no, that's because Guillermo del Toro and his team have made it look great. Yeah. Whereas with Planet 3000, the whole thing just looked horrendous. Do you remember that one? That was set in the future, and it was just a boy doing cartwheels on a stage. I'm not going back into it. Let's, <laughs> Let's not talk about that. We're <laughs> Let's done. Just leave that as leave that as a donkey. Leave and, the donkeys alone. So that's it for uh, our theatre villain. Uh, mm-hmm. So now we get on to the real boy himself, Pinocchio. So first of all, we have our transformation. Usually, this is the transformation from puppet to boy. Mm-hmm. Um, here we have transformation from puppet to kind of never dying never aging immortal angel maybe jesus yeah possibly mm. possibly Messiah. christ and savior <laughs> when when we do this though do we do, i can't remember did we base it on like the visual effects last time i can't really remember because we gave we've kind of gone three... all over the shop haven't we yeah, yeah. because because what I'm thinking is we gave our last episode 6.5 on the quality of transformation. And that was 1911. So... But that's because he left a, a dead puppet on the floor and he became a boy. And yeah. And sick. he backflipped yeah. into being a puppet. Backflipped into being a puppet. <laughs> Whilst here, like, I don't know. If we're going by all the transformations in this, from wood to puppet, he still looks like wood. But then he Not doesn't become a boy. One, is it? This, this is like a, a more of a metaphorical moral, transformation. Yeah. yeah, moral. Do you know what? Yet again, going back to what I thought of Pinocchio, Robert Zemeckis is one. In that, spoilers, there's not like a proper transformation. He kind of still stays as a puppet, but then there's a hint that he might become a human. I really hated it in that, that it kind of suggested that he stayed as a puppet. But in this, I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like this needed him to become like a little stop motion boy, did it? It wouldn't have been the same. I think the whole message of him being like a new son and that he's not he should, he's not replacing Carlo, he's his own thing, and Geppetto learning to love him. And no one at any point is like, oh, we want him to become a real boy. We just want him to understand the world. And he does because he sacrificed himself to save Geppetto. So mm-hmm. if we go he- by an internal transformation, that's pretty good. I think, inter- yeah, should we add yeah. the word internal in brackets? After the score, will that fit on the? <laughs> that will not fit. I'm not put. I couldn't even put the. Uh, I couldn't even put our um, our plus enchantment modifier before. Oh no! Did you not I find know. a way to put it on there? I could, I, I literally couldn't, and it wasn't worth butchering the whole card just to do it. So I just didn't do it. That's sad I think, news. I think we might have to make a an exception and change the format of it or something. <laughs> Maybe just have it scribbled on. Make it yeah, like just write it on, written it on there. <laughs> internal transformation. Yeah, I think that's that's fine. Well, his so internal transformation is good because the journey is excellent, isn't yeah. it? But his physical transformation doesn't exist, so we're only going by internal. I would rather him be like this than in Adventures Pinocchio, where he just becomes a horrible boy. Mm. He wants yeah. to get with girls. Imagine if he became a boy in this, but he was still doing all those weird, like contortionist things from the start of the film. That would be terrifying. Oh god. Oh god. Imagine if he was a boy in this, but he didn't age. Oh. <laughs> he was just like a little boy, just on his own. Just a child forever. Yeah, that'd be really sad. Let's give his transformation. What do you think? I'm 6. going Set. Oh. Oh yeah, because uh, if it's internal. We were done internal. I think internal he did a good job. Yeah, I agree. He was a right. lovely boy at yeah. the end. God, and this he... is a strong deck. <laughs> if this good. film's a, a donkey, this is where our system's a bit flawed because we're doing the donkey real boy thing after, but I mean, it's not going to be a donkey, is it? No. Uh, puppet rating. So the look of the puppet, the general aesthetic of the puppet. 
I think this puppet is very cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's that. Very sweet. I love his little eyes and his little head. I think he's really there's just something endearing about how he looks in this. I think it's so. not like an impressive puppet, is it? Like no. no. In the sense of some of the other ones, but like there's just something it's just so simple and great. I think there's something to to be said about the fact that he just looks like he's been thrown together. You know, yeah. it's like it's like he mm. hasn't got like a dedicated arm. It's like a piece of wood that you very clearly can see. You know, he looks like a bunch of wood put together, and he's got feet that are taped on by the time that he breaks them off and or burns them off even. So yeah. as a puppet, I think you know he doesn't look like a tr- traditional puppet, but he looks cool. He does look cool. He looks so cute and endearing and nice. And I don't know, like, even if they'd have made him look perfect or whatever, I think he looks better like this. I like the roughness to the mm-hmm. the style. And yeah. I, I like it. And he was made drunk. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that his design plays into the story and stuff just so much better than what we've seen in, yeah. like, Pinocchio 3000. Like, he just looks like everything else in it. Whereas I... this just looks so otherworldly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved the fact that he had a hole in his heart where... Yeah. Jim, uh, sorry, Sebastian would live in. Like, I feel yeah. like that. That was just a nice touch, wasn't it, to the whole design of this character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, I nine. agree. I think. But... Yeah, I think it's it's enough. Like this character looks good enough. You could see it becoming like an iconic thing. So I think. Yeah, let's I'm going go ten. Nine. Ten. Oh. Going ten. I'm going to say it. I'm I'm giving him the. Be- I'm, I'm thinking of all the Pinocchios we've seen so far. I think, <laughs> in terms of design, he's great. I can't think of a single Pinocchio that's better designed. So I, mean, I might I've, have to go 10 as well. I've I've not bought a toy of another Pinocchio, so... Mm, that's true. <laughs> you yeah. have, though, Luke. <laughs> you've bought the one that looks like the Disney one, haven't you? Your, your yeah, one that you've has. been breastfeeding well, today. Well, yeah, but he's... And I haven't been breastfeeding him. I've been playing with him. <laughs> Why is his mouth soaked, then? I, I, it's just because look at his little open mouth. His sad he, eyes. He, he, actually, he does look like he's based on the Disney one, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, I he think is. he's been painted to look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be fair, the Disney look is classic and iconic, but I think this is like, it's just new. So it's not got that status yet. But I really yeah. like the design for this guy. And I think he's quite iconic looking. Yeah, yeah I think, so. I, think it'll, I agree it'll with hold 10. Up. It will hold up this look. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. 10. Do it. Yeah. All right. Amazing. That's lovely to hear. Right. Now, my favorite one, which is my favorite bit of maths and uh, and working out stuff length of nose, the maximum length of right. the little boy's nose. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Well, he basically I... grows a tree on his face. Mm. So yeah. we, that is we the biggest one... nose that we've seen. We at one point counted the amount of lies that these Pinocchios did, but I don't remember why. I counted again. He did 14 lies. 14 lies. Yeah. I count. Yeah. He's a bit of a liar, this boy. And mm. his becomes a wide it's a as well as tree, long. isn't it? It's a tree. So he manages to get so I worked out that he manages to get from the boat to the what are they getting out of blowhole or a nose mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah something. The blowhole, yeah. And it looks like it's about four Geppettos laid down. <laughs> I'd say yeah. more. If, maybe. Really I think big. he's I think it's about twenty feet, maybe 30, 20 to thirty feet. I think that tree at the end. Yeah, I'd I'd go approximately twenty five foot. I reckon. Yeah. I so mean, let's it... work out in meters. <laughs> so that's that's seven point six two. So technically, we're going that it's shorter than the one from Adventures of Pinocchio. But that one, he goes the width of an entire whale, doesn't he? He goes the width of an entire yeah, whale. He doesn't whale, do it here. It? And we've mm. got to 
account for here, we've got a lot of thickness, yeah. which aren't seen yeah. usually. I think girthy the, nose. The, the whale in Adventures of Pinocchio actually looked bigger than the whale in this one for some reason. He, he, yeah. It felt bigger. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. Well, it's always so, harder to tell with this because this is like a fantasy kind of world, isn't it? The scale of things, isn't yeah. it? It's not as relatable to ours. I think then maybe 10 metres. Oh, no, nine metres, I think, of, of length of nose. The tree inside the whale is about eight to nine metres. Yeah, maybe. let's go with let's that go tree with inside that. the whale. 8.5 metres. So yeah. if, if he told, how many lies did you say? 13? 14. 14. So if he's done 14 lies, where do we put him on the life scale then? Ah, so that's a uh, yeah so we've got the lie scale which, where we consider uh, how much it's not just lies as well it's kind of mischief mischief and yeah they're of, sort of overall vibe isn't it yeah mm. i know that it's called the lie scale but i think to be honest this is a bit of a spicy boy he's, he's quite spicy, spicy yeah he is so spicy we compare this to the nando scale which is a uh a restaurant here in the uk i'm not even sure if they're in other countries but that's i how went to one in malaysia Oh, okay. There are other ones yeah. then. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So I think that he's—I mean, he's at the very least he's a medium, isn't he? But then he's behaving he's is so naughty. Mm. I think personally, I think he's—he's he's hot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Could be. <laughs> I, now, please don't cut that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your little face, and I saw cogs ticking in your brain. <laughs> don't. Because I really liked. I could take that bit out of context and then you talking about how much you love his design. <laughs> just be like, I just think he's really hot. He's just so cute. He's just so cute. He's hot. <laughs> oh, no, I can only see what you're going to do. Oh, I hate you <laughs> so much. And I'm going to make it all so you're talking about Geppetto as well. <laughs> Editing. Um, but no, you're right. I do think that he reaches like a hot level on the scale because he yeah. is. He's. You put this guy in a room and things are going to happen, aren't they? Yeah, like he literally yeah. punches through an hourglass that represents his time left before he's reborn. To yeah, that, breaking immortality. Is... So naughty. Oh, he's like breaking cool, out of hell. He's doing everything. He breaks out of yeah. the cupboard. That's pretty naughty. Yeah. So this guy is hot. <laughs> he throws poo at the, like the prime minister of the country. Yeah, he throws poo at Mussolini. <laughs> He's hot. And spiciness isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, 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 we're not. It's no. quite an appealing thing, actually. I mean, he's standing up to dictators and stuff, so... Yeah, nothing wrong with spice. that. Which one was she? <laughs> the sixth <laughs> member, the wooden one. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a hot okay, on so, the scale. Is that so everything? That's, that's everything. Do a recap. So here are all the cards for our Geppetto, our Papa... We have Italian as six, Poppinus ten, Craftsman skill nine, and Sadness ten. A very strong score mm. this mm. time for our Geppetto. For our bug, uh, Sebastian J. Cricket, we have Charm nine, Role model eight, and Teaching ability a six point five. Very good. That is nice. A very charming bug. For our villain, we have a fret level of 8 and a quality of show of 6.5. He does try and crucify him, but his show is is fine. Yeah, so that was Volpe. That wasn't Podesta. We went with Volpe. Podesta, it just wouldn't work with Podesta because he doesn't do a show, does he? No. He doesn't have a show unless you count the child barracks as his show. Honourable mention, though, he's very threatening. He's far more threatening, but has no show. Yeah, the man's a (laughs) no-show. And then for our real boy, uh, we have a transformation of eight, but an internal transformation, not a physical transformation. We give him a puppet rating of 10 because he's such a good little design. 
length of nose of about 8.5 meters but and then his life scale he's a hot hot spicy boy <laughs> he's a beautiful hot boy <laughs> <laughs> well i think that this is the definitive deck of these characters really isn't it you'd want yeah. you'd be happy to have any of those in your hand absolutely yeah, I agree. beautiful yeah well that's great i think that the next thing we should do is we should decide whether guillermo del toro's pinocchio gets to feel what it truly means to be a real boy become human and just live on forever never die because he's good or whether it should become a donkey aka a cog in the fascist machine (laughs) yeah a nazi um (laughs) it's a bit of a confusing one this week but (laughs) immortal or nazi (laughs) (laughs) the classic conundrum um what do you think should this film be a real boy or a donkey joe tarone yeah I'm, i'm gonna go real boy because i think that you can tell that so much effort has gone into it like i mean from you saying it took what 13 years did you say or was it longer than that i said 15 15 years i think that you can tell that this story this adaptation adaption adaptation of this story you can tell it means so much to guillermo del toro and i think that i i saw a thumbnail of an interview i didn't watch the interview but i often just click on a video don't watch the video and just read the comments sometimes <laughs> and uh but you could like all the people in the comments just like you can tell how much this radiates from the film itself like how much love has gone into it so mm-hmm. i think for that alone it's it puts it up the ladder definitely so real boy is the way for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm the same. I agree it's 100% a real boy. Obviously a lot of time and craft has gone into it. It does things with the characters that we haven't we probably will never see in another adaptation. It mm-hmm. feels like almost the definitive version of this story, um which is so sad that we're covering it on episode 4 and we've got about 100 more of these to do. But it's it's a very good film and it's it doesn't shy away from the creepier and darker sides to this story and yeah it's really good watch it if you haven't already i'm yeah. sorry for spoiling it if you've got to this point i think it's like what i said earlier i think that it doesn't just work as a pinocchio film i think it just works as a great film like even mm. luke you said earlier you were considering putting it as like your best film from last year but like i think that mm. says it all doesn't it really yeah imagine if after saying that i said that it should be a donkey <laughs> No, it's de- for me too, it's definitely a real boy. I think, yeah, ev- everything you guys said, I agree with. Like, it's it's near perfect for sure. I think um, mm. definitely one of the most memorable films that I saw last year. And I, I love how much of a, like, film-obsessive Guillermo del Toro is. And you, he's just brought all of that to this. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a work of art, really, isn't it? It's mad mm. to say that about a Pinocchio film. But, like, seeing how he interprets the story is kind of... It gives you that respect for it. And you can see why it is such a like, endearing story over all these years. We've watched versions of it where you're like, why is this like fable so renowned and popular and stuff? And then you see something like this and you're like, oh, okay, it's because you can do that with it. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. we see more examples of that in the next couple of months. But like from what we've seen so far, it doesn't really justify it. But, you know, this film kind of gives us hope that there's more out there, more ways to interpret yeah. this this classic story. I, yeah. I think that watching this, I think I finally got it. What makes this so great is they what Guillermo del Toro was clearly not not afraid to take this in a direction that like speaks to himself and he wants to do more with this character and this story and what it represents or what it could represent. Yeah. Yeah. I just find it kind of sad as well that he spent so long, so much time and energy and craft 15 years to get it released. And it releases a few months after another Pinocchio film that had no effort 
put into it. And mm. it's it a little sad. bit sad that they're sharing a, a year as well of film. So, so many people confuse the two or have, will have seen the Disney one and not seen this because they were so disappointed by it. And mm. and that's a real yeah. shame. But this, because this just tells that story so much better. Yeah, I, but like I think the, maybe the... even that's a pro for it, to be honest, because it's going to be compared to that and it's going to stand up even more, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I do like as well that it's actually be like the official title of the film is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio isn't it I think mm. yeah Which, I think so you know I think that's great because he has owned this and taken it his mm. own way mm. it's very much a story of his that falls in that universe of um Pan's is it Pan's Labyrinth was the other one he yeah did, isn't it there's like, quite a lot it, of visual it, references to that in yeah. this stuff as well like you can tell it's the same you know the same creative team behind it I I think that and I don't think we touched upon this too much but and, I, and to throw this in at the end but the score for this film was made with the same guy who did the score for Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. And I remember hearing, like, I'm not talking about the, the actual songs, I'm talking about the actual score behind yeah. it. And it ha- and it has that similar tone to it, which again adds that like that that sadness that that we spoke about earlier that sort of you know sifts its way through the film. Mm-hmm. I think it's his best film since Pan's Labyrinth as well, definitely for me. Yeah, I think I mean it's easy to say that it's all Guillermo del Toro as well, but I think he's just chosen like the right people to work on this, basically, hasn't he? Like yeah. all the artists and stuff have just made the definitive Pinocchio film, so it yeah. seems four yeah. episodes in. Uh, <laughs> on that note, should we go to Stromboli's wooden board? Luke, can you yep. get it out? Let's go. Stromboli here. It's it, not Count this... Volpe's board. <laughs> Remind me again. Sorry, my eyes, my eyesight's uh, a bit bad, and my memory. Which one's at the top at the moment? Is it 1911 or yes. Adventures of Pinocchio? 1911. It's in first place. <laughs> which is what I thought. Uh, so we've got currently our ranking is the 1911 Pinocchio, the Adventures of Pinocchio, and then P3K. Joe, where are you putting Guillermo yeah. del Toro's Pinocchio? I think I think we have a crowned first place at the moment. I think he's stolen first place. Mm-hmm. It's taken 111 years to do it, but I think that <laughs> that finally been topped. <laughs> <laughs> what was that main guy in it called? Uh, Polydor. 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 Backflipping in his grave. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, no. (laughs) He's silently screaming, no. (laughs) Um, What about you, Luke? Yeah, I I think it's got to be the top one, really. I mean, it's so different from. It's great how much variety we've got already in these episodes that we've watched. (laughs) But I think, um, yeah, it just. It's so different. It's so colourful and creative and whatever. And mm. obviously there was limitations with the 1911 one. I still did really like that film, but this one just like, mm. it's like every every category you could be like, yeah, five stars, I think. Yeah. On this. It's, I've, it's like what I said earlier. I think it ticks the boxes in so many different areas as well that, you know, I think most of these films fall flat in some area. Like one hasn't got music that's good enough. One hasn't got characters that are developed enough. And mm. one hasn't got one, you know, it was made in 1911. So clearly doesn't have the budgets or like the kind of sets that they have now or the technology that they have now. Yeah, but exactly. I think that this, like when you say this is the definitive Pinocchio film, I think it is because it, it ticks the boxes for design, for music, for storytelling, for character arcs. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it's definitely number one and i can't imagine anything beating it no well it's gonna take a pinocchio film that makes us feel something to to beat this and that's that's saying something, very rare 
yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's good i'm happy with that Amazing. what a great what a great leaderboard pop that back down luke <laughs> so heavy oh look what's arrived a big old cannon for us to get into it's gonna oh, shoot lovely. us all the way back to um where we started our journey back in that weird old man's workshop should we, oh, should we get in Hop yeah. in. Oh, all right oh get off me get off me ah. someone light the match that we were in like the pacific ocean but now we're back in the <laughs> workshop in this unknown place it's dry in here Ow. i like this it's now dry it's dried since we left it's dry but we're all now stop motion characters this is weird um, <laughs> so in this segment this is our little show and tell bit and we're rotating this every uh every episode last episode we had joe tarone making a really lovely song and then the episode before i read a bit out of the book which is the laziest one but I'm a busy boy. Luke Thomas, you made a sock puppet before. <laughs> We've just watched this beautifully handcrafted <laughs> film. What are you going to make? So this time, um, I thought, inspired by Guillermo del Toro's hard, hard 15 years of work, I was going to attempt to make a stop-motion puppet. So to do that, you need to have um, some chicken wire, uh, which I attempted to do earlier, and it's really, really, really hard because you have to unravel all of the wire, then pull it all apart, then try and like tie it up, but it's not particularly malleable. My finished product does have a metal skeleton built out of this, Ooh, but wow. it went bad that I'm not going to do it again because I was literally pulling it apart. It? it hasn't melted, he's fine. But because when you can add in a metal frame, it, can, it means you can move it around and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But our primary material that we're going to be using is plasticine. So Brilliant. today, I went to Hobbycraft because no shop in Sheffield sells plasticine. So I had to drive very far away and I ended up buying a plasticine mini movie maker studio. <laughs> Lovely. With loads of colours in, but no brown. And the same, so I ended up buying some orange one, which is going to be our primary colour because he is pretty much one colour, this lad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is, first of all, we're going to get a bit of plasticine. At this point, you want to have kind of our biggest bit will be the head because he has quite a large head. Then like a slightly thinner cylindrical body and then some thin arms. The real issue here, and this is where Del Toro is obviously a master, is when it comes to the arms and the neck, and everything like that everything is kind of held together and it's so thin yeah it's just thin neck and that's kind of hard to regulate with this when we're kind of making it we want to kind of keep it malleable that's the nice thing about plasticine is that you can just move it and mold it with your own hands it doesn't really uh dry out oh my god i've just dropped it nice hat joe that's my head <laughs> another nice thing you can do as well Oh, that's actually a useful reference point because that's... Joe's changed his background to yeah. our, our podcast. I know, topic. I've noticed. <laughs> so what is the defining feature of Pinocchio's torso? His nose. Oh, his torso. His torso. He's got the Hulk in it. Yeah, so we're going to use a pen. So we're going to press into the middle just where the heart would be and like stab through. You could yeah. also use some tools. I did get some, but I don't think anything's as good as that. That's a really good. nice. Yeah, you've done that yeah. perfectly. So that's pretty much the main bit. So it's now like we're going to it that you've put a hole in. So for that one, um, for the listeners, I was rolling it between my hands like in a sausage motion to make it a sausage. Yeah. Now we're going to be making a sphere, which is going to be the primary bit, which is going to be Pinocchio 
big, big head. So for this, he has kind of like a potato. He, he looks like Spud from Bob the Builder. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Is that a scarecrow? Yeah. yeah, he's a scarecrow. So he's kind of got this weird, like, kind of squashed head. So, and also the imperfections are kind of what made him, isn't it? A little bit. So I'm just like adding that on to him. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do two very cute eyes just with the pin at the end of my the pen. Nib. Yeah. The nib. the nib. Bam. Bam. Isn't that sweet? Oh, and yeah, I'm gonna draw, cute, actually. And I'm going to draw a little mouth right across using my pen. Do you think it would be useful on this to have, like, paints? Do you think paints would be paints? good to help? Yeah, to add more definition to the holes. Um, Maybe. Exactly. We're going to be doing it with clay, but with plasticine, plasticine doesn't dry. So that's the one thing. Oh, okay. Um, what is fun about plasticine is that once we're done with this, I can smush them into nothing and restart again. What I've got here is a little tool, so I'm going <laughs> to use that to expand. Bit like I an arrowhead. Lot, I spent a lot of money to on this. <laughs> not as much as the budget for this film, I'm sure. Oh, no, not as much. But if you can see, we've got a nice little smile on him. Oh, he's nice. I'm yeah, so surprised the... they didn't hire you to make this. What's another defining feature of Pinocchio? Shut up. What's another defining feature of him? He's one ear. His nose. His nose. Oh, oh his he's nose. one ear. So for his nose, we're going to obviously make it it'll look like a carrot because of this. Again, if you've got time, you can blend it with some black, with some other colours to make a little bit more of a brown effect. I can't be bothered to do that. Is, pa- so is, is plasticine good enough that you could do that? You could blend the colours? Would you have to yeah, my, stir it my, for ages? Yeah, ages. My brother used to do that. So my brother's really, Joel, is really good at plasticine. He's amazing at it. Joel Ardman. Is that his full name? <laughs> it's that. looking more like a snowman at the moment. It does but... look like a yeah, snowman. little orange snowman. Yeah. So we're gonna add on his little ear. Um, again, I didn't know that he only had one. So you've um, got a spare so... one from what you made earlier. <laughs> I could no, but I like him with the. Ear. <laughs> so I've basically just kind of got to create half a like a little um, semicircle, semicircle, and kind of smush that onto the side of his head, flatten it out, and curve it in. Um, as well as that, you can kind of add more definition. We're going to add some There's wood effects. Yeah, I just thought that too. So we're going to add some like little wood effects to him. So just dra- dragging your little knife down his body. God, this is looking better than my finished one. But the problem will be his arms. So I'm bringing down my little knife onto his little visage. Were you drunk that's when you made this? this? Like Geppetto. <laughs> I wish. So I'm adding on some lines. It's adding more grooves. It's making him oh, more... Oh yeah, that's oh, wow. good. I like that. We're gonna crimp the back of the head like this, smush He's pinching it, it, yeah, and pinching, and that's creating his hair. It's rubbish. It's shut up. It's not rubbish. It's fine. Oh, like it's, it's thanks, man. There we go. So all oh, his heads come off. But it's fine. It's fine. Well, so, this look, one isn't connected, is it? Look at this one. This one's not connected with wire, which is gonna be a, an issue when I try and stand him up on his thin, thin legs. Because then we're gonna do our arms, which are again very thin. Uh, long cylinders. I'm going to do two now just so I can measure them for length so they're both pretty much the same size. I'm going to say this this version is a lot better than the finished version I have. I don't want to see so, the finished version now. I know, I, I wouldn't but is the, you Is either. the finished version got a full skeleton? Yeah, yeah, he's got a full skeleton. Wow. But, like, do you reckon you could just skeleton? use pipe cleaners or something else like that? Yeah, like if you're at home, you could maybe do pipe cleaners. You could do all sorts. You could just get an action figure. So I've got Adam with some little arms, this little army fella. God, he's looking really good. He's looking really good. <laughs> he's, he's looking so nice. amazing. Are you going to like... send that to a, a contestant? 
like a, a winner of a contest, <laughs> one of the listeners maybe. What what could they do this time to win that? If you want to win this, you have to send me 300 quid and then you'll win. What I'm going to do because of his weakness in his frame, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him sitting down on the nice. edge of a table. So I'm going to use yeah, his bag. Oh my God, his head's come off. His head's come off again. So there might be a few issues like smushing him in. But like as you can see, I've kind of got him. Oh, he's good. He's pretty sweet. He's come he's together nicely. Oh, bad. It's a really good start. Um, this is the finished product, mate. So, <laughs> so this is your like, first because... day doing plasticine. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I did it as a kid, but no, you didn't. It doesn't I look did... like you did. Oh my god, you're so rude. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> mate. Like we're all trying, you know. Like yeah. We're... So I'm just yeah. trying out something that I'm not used to. Anyway, the most important thing for everyone listening is that you're having fun, and I don't think anyone's gonna have more fun than this. But that let is me show very you... fun. Let me show you his brother. So I've got him sat on my. Just sit down. There we go. I've got him sat down. And I will show you now his brother, who is currently oh, in, he's his in his own oh. little film. <laughs> there oh, he is. really good. Oh, I and like then, him. And then this guy's got like a full skeleton. So you can see his arms are bent around. You can see bits of the skeleton poking oh, out the back. Oh, <laughs> no. He's a right he's, Frankenstein, this one. He's very gruesome. Obviously, like, I've not really bothered doing... Fi- oh, Will my you God, make look. a little... F- his legs fully out of <laughs> his the... His legs capacity. fully out of the skeleton. Well, because uh, so, so, obviously the one thing we haven't mentioned is that this is an audio podcast. So the listeners... We, I mean, this could be anything that you're showing us right now. It could be <laughs> you've actually done a 3D print of it and it's actually really good and we're just playing it down. But I think that you should try and make maybe a little stop motion film with them. Oh, uh, well, that's that why we could put got... on our story or something. Yeah, I have got the movie maker set. So now I'm going to put them both in their little home. Big brother and little brother. Yeah, I think do a... something with them for sure. And we'll put it on Instagram. Make yeah, a third yeah. one. And then it could be us three. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Little, put some... some little glasses on one of them. Yeah. So, as you can see, they're both in this little stage that I have. There you are. Wow. And there you have it. Your own, very own little puppet. Stop motion plasticine puppet that you could use for all your little movies and stuff. Um, I got this plasticine and this kit from Hobbycraft in the UK. So if you're abroad, you can get it ordered online and just pay yeah. customs charges. Yeah, just order it online. But yeah, and I would say as well, if anyone's out there wanting to make a particularly stop motion of Pinocchio, look for a lot of orange and brown and earthy colours. Blue is not going to help you. Mm. And then that that that's it. That's that's um that's my art bit. I thought it was better than your sock puppet, to be fair. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't that know how lot. it will be to listen to. Although, mostly I just do... you stammering again. That being <laughs> said, I do want a picture of the sock puppet to go on our uh, Instagram so we can track your progress as, as this podcast goes <laughs> he's, on. He's definitely thrown it away. He's moved house <laughs> since then. <laughs> I've moved out. I don't know where it is. I, he lost an eye before he disappeared. I've not you're seen him to, in a while. You're going to have to remake him. We have to take oh, no. a screen grab from the Zoom recording. He could take a screen grab oh, from yeah, the do Zoom. That. I think I made the trailer of it, didn't I? Yeah, it's so it'll be somewhere. But yeah, I mean, that took you what nearly around fifteen minutes, and this film took fifteen years. So I guess on that, yeah, if you put fifteen, 15 minutes years working... and millions and millions of dollars, then maybe I'll make something better. Than... Yeah. But I think it's not about perfection; it's about having fun. I think I mean, even fifteen years of just practice, you'd you'd be able to do something even more impressive. It was a really good start. Thank you. <laughs> if you're at home and you. Uh, want to get involved and you make your own little plasticine puppet make sure you send it to us at real boys pod on twitter oh, and instagram genuinely i'd love that i'd love some pictures of 
of it as people are making at home. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see it. I I really do want us to eventually get like a puppeteer on and they could rank all of the different puppets and stuff. Oh god, that'd be mm-hmm. amazing. That's oh my that's got a Christmas special written all over it, hasn't it? Oh my hands are covered in plastic now. You're always getting uh, mucky in these episodes. That's that's the point. I am always getting mucky. Get a bit mucky. <laughs> Kids, make sure you ask your parents before you play with plasticine because they might not want you to have mucky hands before dinner. Yeah, make sure you wash your hands after playing with your plasticine, kids. Yeah, and before, wash your hands. So you... And before as well. And after the you toilet. Might... All the time, just wash your hands when you can. Just scrub them constantly. You'll never get all the filth off, but you need to <laughs> try. Well, there you have it. We've watched one of the best Pinocchio films, one of the best films of last year, a really good animation, and we've watched Luke Thomas haphazardly <laughs> make his first ever stop-motion puppet twice. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed that, make sure you hit us up on the socials and whatever. But before then, what are we going to be doing in our next episode? Uh, so our next episode, we're going to be going back to the beginning, but not to the real beginning, which was 1911, or to the book. Uh, we're going to be uh, watching Disney's Pinocchio from 1940? I think it's 1940, yeah. The animated classic, probably one of the ones that made this a much more popular story, I guess. The big yeah. populist version. All of us have seen it, obviously. We're we're human, right? We grew up yeah. on this film, probably. Even though it came out, what, 55 years before we were even born? <laughs> I'm looking forward to revisiting it. I haven't watched it for a while. And yeah, we've been really mean about the remake of it. But that doesn't take away from the fact that that's like a classic film, does it? Yeah. No. I've not watched it since being a kid and I was terrified of it. Yeah, I'm a bit frightened to revisit. Revisiting some demons. Joe, you excited to rewatch it? I am. I am. I, I'm trying to think of when I last saw it because I'm quite a stickler for uh, revisiting Disney films. So I'm sure that I've seen this in the past 10 years at some point. Mm. But yeah, it should be good. I, I, I like the original. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see we'll how it holds along. up. Gonna see how it holds up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, I can't wait to, to rewatch it. And I think hopefully people will listen to that one and they'll have actually seen the film, which is quite rare for what we've done so far a bit a bit niche apart from this one we've just watched mm. also give us reviews five star reviews if you enjoyed this mammoth yes, episode please. Please, on please. spotify and apple podcasts you can email us at realboyspod.gmail.com cool and please send us pictures of your puppets or pinocchio films you want us to cover we will do it yeah and we're desperate to get a retweet from guillermo del toro so <laughs> make sure you uh, <laughs> harass him about this this episode of the podcast we want him to hear us praise him yeah please <laughs> like send it to him <laughs> yeah <laughs> but if not just join us next month for the next installment of real boys lovely thanks to joe tarone for the music and for making our beautifully designed uh, top trump cards which you can see on our instagram <laughs> thanks to luke thomas for the artwork which is a wonderful um plethora of different puppets <laughs> that might have scared you when you were a child probably (laughs) (laughs) and thank you luke terry for uh your editing together of all these episodes you're very welcome keep keeping the ship rowing yeah stopping the whale from eating us alive (laughs) you you always lead us back to the workshop in one piece thank you for listening and we've been the real boys and it's been real i'm a little wooden boy all i wanted was some love And they all lived happily ever after as real boys. See you next time.